uh, hey guys, uh, or just a little warning. Um, uh, this, 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 this episode of Shite and Sound, uh, you know, on the show, we like to keep it rude sometimes. We like to talk about uh, uh, stuff that uh, uh, not, not everyone wants to hear about. On this episode, uh, we are covering a bunch of movies that are about the horrors of patriarchy and rape culture. And uh, we'll be talking a lot about those particular things. And uh, there are, like, the, the, the movies we're covering involve some uh, pretty graphic depictions of violence and sexual abuse. Uh, if you don't want to uh, watch or listen to those things, uh, maybe skip this episode and uh, don't check out the movies this week. Uh, yeah, absolutely don't. If that is not your thing, and, like, absolutely fair enough. And the other thing I'd flag is, one of the two films we're discussing is by a filmmaker who uh, works in a very deliberately subversive way, which involves uh, arguably at times using um, sexual violence as an element in comedy. I do not, uh, uh, I do not think it is uh, jokes at sexual violence, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but they are they are such a big part of how his work works that we have to discuss it. And yep. if you don't like Fedos, um, see you next week. What are we doing next week? Oh, irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we will never do irreversible. Um, no. Unless we think of a really good pairing for it. Uh, I, can I just tell you, I just tenor an irreversible. <laughs> yeah, one, one day. One, one day when we... No, 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 no. Uh, I want to be clear. That's a great pairing. I'm not, I'm, I genuinely am never going to watch that film again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Finn, how you going? Oh, I'm doing fine. You know? That's, that's an improvement. Yeah, well, last night I watched a really good movie from 1971, so I'm feeling, feeling good. Which was? Uh, it is called Little Murders. Uh, it's the uh, uh, it's the first film uh, directed by Alan Arkin. Oh, wow. Stars, stars Elliot Gould. Uh, I mean, and, yeah, uh, it's from the 70s. It, it, that yeah. was the law at the time. Oh, it, it's, it's the, the, the like, main people in it are Elliot Gould, Alan Arkin, Donald Sutherland, and the actor uh, Vincent Gardenia, who is a guy who owns the shop in Little Shop of Horrors, and I believe plays Cher's dad in Moonstruck. Uh, like Finn, uh, obviously our episodes, you know, have been going a bit long recently, um, yeah. and and I think for good reason. I think there's a lot of good content in them. Uh, but I just just a note, just between friends, yeah, everything you said after film from 1971 was already implicit <laughs> in 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 the information that it was. You know, yeah, of course, Donald yeah. Sutherland. It was in it, you know? Yeah. It's based on a play. Yeah. Finn. Yeah. No, it's from 1971. They, yeah. They could only the, adapt plays. This play was written by the same guy who wrote uh, Carnal Knowledge, being turned into the Mike Nichols film. Oh, wow. Which came out the same year, and he, 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 adapted, uh, bo- he adapted both films. Uh, for himself. No, as in, like, he adapted his own work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, like uh, the father. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, uh, it was uh, shot by Gordon Willis, who would later shoot uh, 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 all three Godfather movies and most of Woody Allen's uh, like uh, classic period. I mean, 
really wish you'd just ended at Woody Allen, you know? And you shot the Godfathers <laughs> and Woody Allen. Yeah. Just like they were trying to do in Casino Royale. I mean, yeah. <sighs> it just... um. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, you're listening to, to Shite and Sound. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, listening along uh, at home. I would be like listening in your car, but uh, who uses cars these days? Mm. Elon Musk. And he just uses them to store his spare robots. Um... Uh, this is a uh, Shite and Sound podcast. My name is Ether Shite. And I am Finn Sound Nicholas. Uh, and this podcast is, uh, in, in short, uh, about an, an escalating uh, series of cinematic dares where uh, two already pretty mentally wobbly men uh, test the limits uh, of what the human brain should receive. Previous yeah, things you could uh, look back on. Uh, we did a great mental gymnastics routine to justify that Bill and Ted 2 is better than uh, the Seventh Seal, Finn. Yeah, uh, because of lockdown, we've just had to skip another episode, which would be, I think, even more mentally taxing than this. Yeah. Where we were going to watch uh, Season Tango yeah. back to back with another movie. Which, that is uh, longer than Satan Tango. Yes, and uh, ho- ho- and hopefully we will uh, get round to uh, recording that episode someday. But uh, we need uh, to be able to be in the same room as other people for that one. Uh, uh, but yeah, as I said, escalating set of cinematic dares. Uh, uh, in the past, we watched all of Histories uh, um, du Cinema and uh, Neil Breen's five feature film retrospective. Uh, you know, we we are here to do the impossible, like assert that the 2018 Suspiria is superior, but it's 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 hard work, but we do it. Yeah. And I did not expect when I just casually agreed at the end of the previous episode <laughs> that that when with with Jean Delman address 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 Jean Delman for sure, let's just call it Jean. Uh, uh, I would watch the whole of. Uh, Japanese trash genius Sion Sono's trilogy of hate. It's like nine hour trilogy of hate. Yeah, uh, which starts with uh, um, it starts uh, with a four hour long film about upskirt photography and Jesus. And like, there, there's just. Have you ever been like? I wonder how many times I will see a penis be broken or cut off. Because <laughs> that is, like, if you ever see love exposure, you need to add an order of magnitude to that number. <laughs> and love yeah, exposure, yeah. a four-hour-long film about how uh, men are terrible and will mm-hmm. do literally anything they can to uh, control women and, and their bodies, and that the only logical response is uh, 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 murder orchestration. Uh, is is the lighthearted comedy of the bunch? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's fairly optimistic. Uh, then we then we go past a um uh the, the, well, we will talk about guilty of romance the middle part, but uh, yeah, coldfish is the middle part. Guilty of romance. Is the oh, part. I watched them in the wrong. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. Yeah. So yeah, then we get to coldfish, which is a true crime film. Uh, about uh, a guy who runs a pet store who, who just loves killing people, 
and gets other people to kill people. And then, you know, you're like, I kind of get this. And then, you know, it's two hours, 10 minutes later and his screaming wife who helped murder him after he helped her kind of semi be consensually raped by another guy. And, uh, you know, he is, uh, the, the murderer, his wife is cradling his, uh, uh, halved body, uh, weeping, caked, uh, oozing in blood, you know, mud wrestling. Imagine that with blood. And instead of wrestling, it's cuddling. And one of them, has had their body removed, torn out from the ribs down. And, like, that is not the final scene. (laughs) And you're like, oh, great, where can it go from here? Mm. Oh, holy shit. And then there's Guilty of Romance, uh, which does all the things uh, uh, you expect to see on Sono Film to do, but doesn't do the thing you need him to do, which is subvert it. Uh, he is, that's the one where he's like, oh no, actually, what if I just made a film that is about how, like, women are shit and not how men, anyway, anyway, we'll talk about it. And, like, I thought, yeah, a Finn. Yes. I want to know where you, like, do you think you could be criminally culpable? Often, yes. I, I often think that. I mean, yeah, the guilt, right? Um, Just for everything, being alive. But, like, it seems to me that that being like, yeah, it's a good idea, Yutha, that you watch these three films for the first time. Had you seen them? You hadn't seen Guilty of Romance. You'd seen the other two, yeah? No, no, I'd seen Guilty of Romance before, but I I had not seen Coldfish. Yes. Um, And I think... Even just with getting guilty of romance and love exposure together and giving them to another human is like one of those things like, you know, those things that should be crimes, but aren't Yeah, you know, like, uh, like being a cop and killing someone. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing the like sane, hu- you're doing like the moral human equivalent of that because I just. I'm, how can we be men in a, in, that's my question, Finn, how yeah. can we be men? <laughs> uh, well, I, how I do think you if do you it? watched, uh, if, if you watched, uh, uh, if you've seen as many of C.O. Soto's films have, as uh, both of us now have, uh, I think it's pretty clear that the answer is, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Other than like a suicide club. All of the Sono films I've seen. No, uh, uh, squad. And it's Suicide Squad film. Yeah. yeah. The, the, okay, great. Will Smith film, you know, with the yeah. 29 Pilot song, or, you know, and uh, Cara Delevingne. Right? Like, yeah. Peg mm-hmm. the Patriarchy. Yeah, there's that Sion Sono film, <laughs> right? Oh, man, I want Sion Sono to make a fucking, like, $200 million superhero film. So uh, other than uh, Suicide Club, which was his like international breakout, every single one of Sono's films that I've seen is pretty explicitly about the place of women and men in, in Japanese society and all of the shit that is baked into 
how people live their lives and interact with each other that uh, stops uh, life from being good for people. Like in this movie Tag, he, he posits like life as a video game where the like foundational code is patriarchy, where there is like nothing that women can functionally do to escape it other than just uh, kill themselves. And like anti-porno, I think has a fairly similar has like a fairly similar message as, as does the Forest of Love, which is about a man who uses his charisma and the power that that charisma affords him in Japanese society to like uh, kill and con and abuse women, and then a woman deciding that she will use that against him because uh, she wants to be destroyed and. I mean, like, love, love exposure is similarly about all of that same stuff, but then adding a lot of, like, Christianity onto it. So it, it, is, it is about, like, how raising children in, in, a, in a religious household fundamentally warps them and makes them unable to uh, approach, like, things like morality or sexuality or violence, or love in in like healthy and functional ways. Uh, I and mean, it, it is it is about power structures with yeah. a key one being. Fo- it's, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, there isn't a god. We're just atoms when we die. I I and like Sion Sono <laughs> is not a man if he is a Christian or even. <laughs> You know, like friendly with, and like maybe he could be, you know, like, but it's not like the thing I want to add is that it's all also like it's also kind of more complicated than that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, like just to, to, then that's, that's how to like juice what you're saying, not correct you, you know? Yeah. And, and then like cold fish is, I mean, it, it, again, it is about all of that same stuff. But the, the like thing that Coldfish really drills into that, that, that I love is like how uh, how uh, how the like customs of like politeness and deference uh, that are baked into Japanese society are used by like con artists and murderers uh, in, in order to like in, in order to like keep people subservient to them. Yeah, he is. Uh, if, if he has a, th- if he has a pet theme, mm. it is how people abuse status. Like yes. uh, a recurring trend, the the Sono arc for a character is for them to start as abject, degraded, and low on a totem pole. Uh, then they meet a group where they enter at the lowest point and are abused. And then they rise through that group where they become the abuser. Uh, and, and then at the end, they are destroyed. Or win. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> yeah. get away with it, you know? Uh, and it is... Oh, the, the other thing to stress is that to call these grand guignol, like... The the just the pure literage of fake blood, yeah. The amount of dismembered mm. body prosthetics, of 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 sex 
of of sex scenes, both motivated and um, you know, guilty of romance. Um it is it is like as much as they are these scabrous and I mean, this is how I want to talk about guilty of romance, so I don't want to put too much, but like probably like probably furiously feminist. Yeah, um, I, 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 I like to think so. Oh, like I, I want to be clear. My skepticism is, is not a doubt on anyone's reading. It is uh, remembering how sure I was that Louis C.K. knew better. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 it is It is going, they're like, oh man, Dave Chappelle, the nice thing about Dave Chappelle is that he's not precious. You know, if someone <laughs> called him out on bad shit, he wouldn't just spend literally six specials he was paid nearly nine figures to make being like, yeah, um, you know, I didn't mean to offend trans people, but like, if you're going to be but offended the, by the, me, the it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> look. If trans people, and then being like, I'm happy to hear, fuck, his, do you know the specific thing when they were like, oh, I'm happy to, to talk to trans people, um, but I'm, I'm unhappy that they have called me out because no yeah. one summons me. And yeah, you're just yeah. like, dude, you, ca- you called the head of Netflix. And said, I have no ownership stake. I have no power in this scenario, but you guys have got Chappelle's show up. And, uh, because I, I'm not earning money from that, even though, again, you have given me enough money to make half of the first half of June. <laughs> um, that makes me sad. And Netflix was like, oh yeah. And now when people are being like, could you not just call us shit? And then use the one trans person who doesn't actively hate you, um, uh, who uh, your behavior created an environment uh, uh, that that uh, uh, created, <laughs> made life much worse for them mm-hmm. and be like, no, no, no. And it is just like, I met like Dave Chappelle, the man who who walked away from a a like sixty million dollar deal with Comedy Central because he realized that the white crew on his show were laughing at him, not with him. Yeah, being like, oh, God. anyway, sorry, I've clearly been dwelling on that a lot. Um, uh, uh but yeah, so as much as Sono is this, uh, this furiously feminist filmmaker. He is also like a music video director. Like he, it's like pop art. It is. It is this. Uh, he is like when you look at his filmography, and you're like, so many of these are over, t- like over two hours. So many are over three, and there yep. are longer cuts. And you're like, man, like you, m- like God, this must be like Jean Dilma. <laughs> you know, they must all just be. Slow and to be clear, Jean Delma, uh, I would not cut a frame from. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, they're they they're all you know Oliver Stone directors cuts just every inch of footage that they shot. But then you watch them, and they are four hour films, 
that move like at times, like at their slowest, they move at about the pace of a sitcom. And, yeah. and at their quickest, uh, uh, which can be for 10 minute chunks, it runs like previously on. Like <laughs> everything he makes feels like cut downs of whole seasons of TV shows. Mm. It is the. And that he is doing that and has the. Well, such- and, 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 and he, is, he is doing like so many of them. Like he he, he yeah. is uh, like he, he he is making like uh, I, I think in like I think it's 2015 or uh, in in 2015 he made five feature films and then like in 2016 made oh and then like in 2016 made another feature film in 2017 made. A feature film and a like and a season of a TV show for Netflix. Yeah, but uh, a uh, there are um, a lot of real issues with how uh, Japanese crews are treated and the hours oh, that are ex- yeah. expected of people, and even like even well, that- and also he he like he like had a heart attack on the set of one of his films because he's oh, yeah, like yeah. he he just works so fucking much and. Oh, he- He's going to fast bender himself. And like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, I mean, I hope not, but. No, he, like, hmm. that, like, I, I, I mean this as a joke, but also kind of seriously, like, that's kind of what, I feel like that's the only thing that can happen, you know? Hmm. Like, and, and I'm, I'm like, me saying that both seriously and as a joke is actually, like, actually maybe the best uh, gesture towards what the genre of a Sion Sono film is, and like, not only does he, not only does you know he just shoot a lot, but yeah, looking at his films, and again, I am. This is just a problem with me in my current state right now. Is that every film I watch, I just become very aware uh, of trying to reverse engineer, like the the administration of it, the schedule. And what he is very, very good at, um, and, um, in the films where he clearly does not have uh, um, lots of money, and he never has lots and lots of money, uh, uh, he has gotten very good at structuring scripts and stories in ways where, when you break it down, like Guilty of Romance, there are probably actually ten places that they shot, and yeah, that, uh, and that he has written a script. You know, there are locations where you're like, I just, I wonder why that character has never been here, and it's just like, oh, they just probably couldn't afford to hire her for that day to be on that set, and so he designed the script so she was just never there, and he also understands like his love of the adrenaline the phenomenological joys and pains of cinema. He loves to look and he loves to make you look and then stab you in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. He understands how he can do that where you never like one of the many things, the vibes you feel from people who films, when films feel cheap is when you're like, 
are they still in this room? <laughs> because if they went to another room, they would have to take move the lights. Yeah. And they genuinely couldn't afford to do that. Whereas in this, you're never like, why, like, cold fish is, again, like, three, like, nah, like, you know, 20 locations, but, like, there are three that they shot at for a week each. Yeah. And you don't, I, you don't care. Because, no. like, they found the perfect fish shot. Like, of course yeah, you want to spend a fucking third of the film in that fish shot. He found the perfect fucking horrifying bathroom. Like, and, and and it's it is he's a master of mess, but also just an ex god. Yeah, he has like actors who he works with over and over again who know the tone that he's going for, yeah, and, and know how to give the sort of gigantic oppressive performances that he, he that he wants out of people. Yeah, which is like oh no, like fuck. Why are we still talking about this in the intro? Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, a podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. This week we watched number 38 on the Sight and Sound list, Jean Dillman, 23, Carte Commerce, 1080, Brussels. Three and a half hours of static shots of menial labour and silent emotional revelations. Our second film this week is Guilty of Romance. Most of the same stuff as Jean Dielman, but with a lot more screaming and full frontal nudity. I got the perfect run of American podcast ads today in an episode of Mind the Bastards about oh, yeah. how the Catholic Church killed babies in Ireland. Like, oh, I, 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 wrote a, I wrote a very good essay on that at, uh, at school once. And the run of ads were obsessed. Oh, oh, no, fuck. What is it? It's like Crime Sniffers is the true <laughs> crime podcast for people who don't think other crime podcast to try who think other true crime podcasts don't go far enough. We want to find all these terrible men, only the realest crimes, only, uh, only the greatest murders. And yeah, we're all women, but we're gutsy about it. Be terrified. And then the next one is like, hello, uh, my name is, uh, you know, a name you recognize, but I have no idea who it is. Uh, you may remember me uh, from All in the Family and, of course, uh, the Bruce Springsteen music video for, whoa, check out the jubblies on her. And I'm here to talk to you about uh, breast implant syndrome. I do not want to be defined by my breast implant syndrome. If you have it, please look out for yourself. You're not alone. And then... Hey, Dad, what does the train do? Oh, hey, Dad, what do you got in this drawer? Hey, Dad, what's this? Children are curious. Make sure to not leave your guns around them. (laughs) And you're just like, okay, yeah, great. Sweet as. 
And now, because one fucking, like, white Karen, whose surname is literally cinema, is wants, like, a pool, <laughs> the world is going to melt! <laughs> Just because Kristen, like, there's only one Kristen I want bidding the apocalypse. And it's pronounced Kirsten, and it's danced. Oh, man, I feel like an ant. <laughs> um, but that's mainly because I, I just spent 10 hours. Okay. Seven hours Trilogy of Hate. Th- yeah, that's, about, that's about nine hours. Nine hours of the Trilogy of Hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's four, two and a half times. So nine. Yeah. So 12 hours and a bit being told. That, um, justifiably so. That, um, oh man, men, God, fuck, <laughs> guys, how thin. Yes. Great intro. I pose to you again. How can we be men? <laughs> Like, uh, uh, um, Jean Delmar, uh, uh, the, the Chantel Ackerman film. Yes. Is, uh, such, um, I, I had a lecturer at university who had this real skill, uh, uh, of, of, uh, you know, teaching, but like specifically within that, um, he would be able to find a phrase that within the context, it genuinely felt like a light bulb moment. Yeah. Like he had crafted the perfect set of things to express an idea. And like, it sucks (laughs) because we don't have the context, but like the one that I always think of is him saying dramaturgy is the weave of actions which I'm aware, outside of a theatre classroom, uh, is <laughs> syllables. Uh, uh, yeah. um, but, but the first time uh, Matt Wagner, not the comics artist, just the theatre guy, uh, uh, said that, and I, what dramaturgy was clicked in my mind, um, the, 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 the economy and clarity of that thought uh, was bracing, and that is what Jean Dilma is like. It is this um, blunt, precise, elegant, flabby and taut, repetitive and potentially changing statement on being like, fucking men, look at what you're doing to women. Yeah. Look at what you're doing to film. Can we just take a minute to let women be and have a fucking time? And of course we can't, because they'll have men in their lives who are like, you know, a bit of a shitty son who who just begins to express the same shit. And it is like, I cannot... And, and like, 
it the brutality of it the the beauty of it as a weapon as just how flatly it empirically proves the way that the an apple hitting um fucking I wanted to say Isaac Asimov but not him when Apple hit his head and he was like ah I've thought of the three laws of robotics <laughs> um God no fuck who come on uh, Isaac Newton Newton uh, uh hit his head and was like oh gravity like at the end of that I was like yeah it makes sense to me the argument that women should just rise up and kill all men. I do not think that should happen. I don't no. think that's what Ackerman is arguing for. <laughs> no. Although it might be what Delphine Seyrig is arguing for. Yeah. In the like, lead up to recording this podcast, I watched uh, some of the movies that uh, Delphine Seyrig directed. She, she was part of a, a feminist video art collective. Um, uh, uh, who uh, had just a- two quick things. Uh, you've got an image from Forest of Love behind you. Uh, could you, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> right, yeah. can you see what I'm eat? can you see what I'm eating? I ate yogurt while watching Cold Fish, and I was like, is this gonna be the worst th- mistake, the worst, like, sensory combination of inputs mm-hmm. possible? Uh, but no, then I looked at Twitter and saw the news that David Lynch Mm, my favorite mm-hmm. film director and Interpol, probably my favorite band, are collaborating. There, that's incredible on an NFT. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like, like, I want to know who I pissed off to orchestrate a conspiracy on such a scale to specifically because, like, there are people who care about each of those things or yeah. have stronger feelings about each of those things uh, than I do, 100%. But cumulatively, you know, I don't think anyone yeah. has more feeling total, positive in two cases, or what a negative in another <laughs> across them, you know? I, yeah. I, th- I, I think no, it, 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 I could like, be in about maybe the top five of that. Yeah. Like you, 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 you seeing that is like when I found out that Sergio Leone and the Clash were conspiring to kill my family. I, you have no idea what it was like for me <coughs> when I got um, yesterday uh, the postcard from car seat headrest and the Dardian brothers that was announcing their new line of microplastics. That uh, had been tested <laughs> exclusively on um, clones of all my childhood cats. Yeah, uh, and, and so it was actually a bit of a relief when uh, Björk and Alfonso Caron uh, started their crypto coin. Fuck Euthydean. <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm, nev- I'm never going to forget the day that Jeremy Solnier and Fugazi. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, heroin into my eyeballs. Hey, Finn, at least you got to have a conversation with them in which those two people uh, explained how, in fact, Green Room is an ironic film. Uh, it's about <laughs> how the Nazis are good guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a wild time to be alive. It is like... I... 
it's so strange. We develop these parasocial relationships, you know, uh, with media, through media, and some of those can be really useful, really supportive. But then you can get moments where, like, you know, I'm rewatching Call Me By Your Name, and then Luca Guadagino walks into shot and says, I've resurrected Edward Yang. And Edward Yang steps into shot and they put their arms around each other and and they said, don't, hey, we haven't just stopped a resurrection technology. We are, we are, we have here the embodiment of the person you thought Morrissey was rather than the person he is. And he appears and he's like, hello, I'm, you know, fuck Nazis actually, you know. Um, and, and then they're like, we are using this groundbreaking technology that could heal the world to, uh, um, resurrect and reinstall all of history's greatest tyrants. <laughs> um, and this is what, this has always been the end game. If you look at our work or what you perceived our work to be, there's no, like, looking at I am love or, you know, Yee yee. There's no correct interpretation that isn't. We should build machines to bring Cyber Thatcher and put her on the throne. You know. Yeah. That like I gotta tell you, it's with that and the you know the the fucking the Disney Cruise thing. It's it's a wild time for interactive media. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but it, 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 it's, it's a tough life, and, you know, one day I'm just going to have to forget about the time that John Darnell came to my house for Loaded 45 and said, I agree with going to Georgia and shot me. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> it's not the mountain goats, it's the mountain goats. I believe that the only moral <laughs> sexual act is bestiality. <laughs> and you were like, God, I, I wish, <laughs> I said, wish Kubrick you, wasn't here to see this. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. said, do, 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 do you remember that new book of mine you've already pre-ordered? That is what it's about. <laughs> So what I am trying to say about Jean Delmar is is not that I genuinely believe it is advocating for the end of men. Uh, it is that it does such a good job of expressing its ideas in a way that feel bulletproof. Uh, yes. Uh, that I cannot, like... It it is, it it yeah it is it feels yeah, Finn. Yes. Tell me about Jean Delma, and tell me about how you felt about it because I've already right. talked about you know how it made me <laughs> step you know be like, Briar, are you are you working right now? And she was like, uh, oh no, I'm 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 between classes. And I said, can you come through to the bedroom? Uh, and uh, said, I, I, have, I have a pair of scissors that I need to give to you. 
uh, do 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 with them what you will. It is it is a sign either that we are growing stale or getting better, that you are now have become incredibly good at almost word for word doing the punchlines I was building to. Like the only difference is that I was like, can you wait outside the door for a couple of seconds? I am going to lie motionless <laughs> um, a, a, in a way where I'm kind of already comatose and absent, even when I'm present, like every fucking man in this film, and which is every fucking man in the world anyway. Uh, and you just need to come in like you are full of you that that you have just had an orgasm but you hate yourself for for reasons that kind of are entirely encapsulated um by the, the that time you dropped a spoon and how you overcooked some potatoes and you just got to like lean tenderly over me like you're kissing me but put the scissors into my neck and kill me. And I just want you to know, I think this is what you should do. I think you should want to do it. And I'm happy for it to happen. And she was, mm-hmm. look, uh, I, you'll have noticed uh, I, I've changed where the camera is a bit and that this microphone, the microphone here, has been blocking my neck. Yeah, and, and that's because there's quite a big scab, yum yum, and and that is because I was a bit like, as it was happening, I was like, this is good, this is genuine balance being brought to the world. Uh but then it happened, and I was like, oh, but this hurty, ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh. I, I no, actually no, don't no. want to get stabbed in the neck right now. Yeah, I wish there was a way to get stabbed in the neck that. Like to to coin uh, a phrase, I wish we could find new ways of living, make playing only logical harm. No, I didn't coin a phrase. Those, those are uh, song lyrics by Interpol, which uh, to me uh, seem like a steadfast statement against uh, I don't know burning the planet for <laughs> some fucking bucks because you talked David Lynch, a man who wouldn't know an NFT if it fucking came to him in a dream <laughs> like anyway so i'm full of anger uh and, and so once again finn yes how can we be men um with our fists going out fighting people oh yeah saying hey i own your fish shop now Fuck you, buddy. Doing, doing that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Po- po- poisoning people. Yeah. I... I... I like, all right. We'll get that reading. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you took a lot from Guilty of Romance. I do need you to never interpret media again. <laughs> I do just need you to um, look at, like, okay. So, what do you think a very hungry, the very hungry caterpillar is about? <laughs> well, what you can't see, listeners, is Finn instantly looked furious, <laughs> like <laughs> drenched in rage. 
uh, like someone in the third act of a Sion Sono film. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I I will, uh, once again, please explain to me, uh, uh, Jean Delmar, address, 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 uh, uh, what it is like, what it meant to you, and please, how can we be men? (laughs) Right, so, Jean, uh, Jean Dielman, 23 Code of Commerce, 1080 Brussels, uh, which is the the, uh, name and uh, the name and street address of the main character. Uh, So uh, it's a Belgian film from 1975, directed by Belgian director Chantal Ackermann, and uh, so it stars uh, Delphine Seyrig, who is like one of the icons of. not necessarily the like French New Wave, but she, she she was never really involved with that stuff. Like she 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 made one film with Jacques Demy, mm. and, he, and even he's sort of not really the New Wave. But she she he's he's a like yeah she she was she was more involved with with, with the left bank filmmakers. Uh, her, her like first like big film was uh, what was was starring in uh, was starring in last year at Marion Bad. Uh, which is uh, one of my favorite movies, and um, uh, she, she, she was like an icon of, of the like European avant-garde for, throughout the throughout the sixties and seventies. She worked a lot. Uh, she uh, she worked with Marguerite Duras and Louis Buñuel, like do, doing doing like real cool weird shit in the mid seventies. Uh, she, she was part of a feminist filmmaking collective uh, 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 with her French name I cannot pronounce, uh, along with. Nadia Ringart, Iona Vida, and Carol Rosopoulos, uh, and that they did a bunch of feminist video art, which is uh, uh, really interesting, even if it's not necessarily uh, uh, enjoyable. There is yeah. one which is just 28 minutes of Delphine Seyrig reading out excerpts of uh, the Scum Manifesto, which yeah. is like, it's like, oh, that's, that's cool, and they were doing it because you couldn't get copies of the Scum Manifesto in France, so they were, like, yeah. making videos of them reading now so it could be more easily disseminated. And it's good, but you're also, like, I have a Scum Manifesto. I don't know. Uh, but, like... A lot, a, lot, a lot of it seems like nonsense. And, like, and like I, part okay, of that is, like, well, it's, it's, okay. a, it's a deliberate, like, parody of, like, Freudian theory and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I recently... Um, if I read it this year, it's my book of the year so far. And it's, you know, October. Luckily, it's only, you know, October 2020. It would be crazy. Um, anyway, um, I've done that joke on so many. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Andrea Longchu, who is uh, an incredible book reviewer, uh, academic and blogger. Um, I think the first undergraduate to have the whole issue of an academic magazine dedicated to uh, tearing her apart, but that's a separate mm. conversation. Um, and she wrote, uh, uh, she has written a, a short book, a monograph called Females, uh, which is in part a reflection on her own transition without being a transition memoir, and is all but is through the form of a discussion and interrogation of the play that uh, Valerie Solanus wrote uh, and then um, Andy Warhol allegedly, we we can never know, it's so lost in myth, uh, uh, attempted to steal, leading her to shoot him. Um, and, and there, and, and it's, it's, it's an incredibly good piece of work. 
are coming at so many things from all angles, like Sonar, like uh, with a, a brutal precision. It's kind of the center of these two films. But, but the, the wonderful um, case she makes is being like, why does everyone think like the Scum Manifesto is clearly the angriest fucking joke ever? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, she and it is like it is it is like in fucking love exposure when we cut from a man being terrible uh, to a girl her fighting back and then her inner monologue going like oh then I realized who my enemy was my enemy <laughs> was every man and then we see her in 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 what seems to me being a deliberate like gesture towards like children's tokusatsu. Um, action television doing like fighting poses while being like, I will always fight. I will always kill every man because they're <laughs> terrible. And, and then a friend drives up in a convertible and is like, Hey, you still going to kill every man? And she's like, Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and it is, uh, it is both hilarious and it means it. Yeah. And, and, and that is what Solanus is like. That is, sorry. And I apologize for jumping on you, but it is, um, she was uh, a very unstable person mm. with some terrible views. Yeah. But she is one of those people where you're like, oh, no, it's uh, because uh, you were the victim of an appalling life mm. uh, that refused to apologize or really give you any quarter. Yeah. Anyway. And, and like, my, my, my like, review of, of, of that film of Delphine Sarah reading The Scum Manifesto was, like, me, me, like me, not enjoying a reading of the Scum Manifesto is the success of the Scum Manifesto. Hey, well, it's like how Jean Delmont is boring. Uh, it is as you're about to discuss. Um, lots of very long shots. Yes, of people of of one woman. You know, she makes yeah. shit schnitzel. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is three and a half hours. It is composed entirely of static shots. The, the camera does not move a single time, I, I believe. And I, it, it, I it, have, it is set. I oh. have a thought in my head that I saw it move once, but I am also possibly confusing that with the incredible shock of the film, which is an hour and 40 minutes in, or 30 minutes, uh, during the second day where she leaves the house for the first time yeah. and um, you are in a different location and, and because this film is so restrained and so precise, um, the simple fact of no longer being in inside the place you've been in for two hours to being outside and there being other people um, feels more monumental than uh, learning what the Matrix is or who Kaiser Soze is, and, and um, but uh, but anyway, uh, I, I I yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But something is nagging me, telling me there's like one. But anyway, yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I was I was like, as as soon as I realised that it was not moving the camera, I, I started looking for okay, um, like there's always like going to be one scene where they move the camera. But I, I, I yeah. if, if, if it was, I, I didn't pick up on it. But yeah, um, so it, it is three and a half hours, almost entirely set inside one house of completely static shots and like very, very long takes of menial, 
boring housework. Like uh, uh, the. the- there are there are three different times we see her do the dishes, and we see her with her back to us, wash, walk in, start running the water, wash every dish and dry every dish. We see yep. her prepare three different meals, uh, the middle one of which is a veal schnitzel, and we see from her entering to getting everything she needs onto the table, whisking the egg, putting down the flour getting out the veal, in the egg, in the flour, in the breading. No, in, in the flour, then the egg. Then the breading, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, you're, I'm not, I, I, the important thing for, I want you to know, and our audience to know, is that I've not been fucking up breading shit all my life. Like, my chicken Kievs routinely fail because I'm a failure, not because the breading <laughs> is bad. It's just I cannot, I do not know how to cut those fucking chicken breasts open. I just can't, they like, open it like a book, and I'm like, but I only read ebooks, and so then I go out and get, an, um, get a piece of kindling. Yeah, you, you get a digital chicken. Yeah, I get a digital chicken, um, which, and you know what that is. Well, what's that? <laughs> um, I don't, it's an NFT of some bad pixel art of a chicken. Uh, Finn, we, we just had a long conversation that is not in the podcast because it, it is, it was certainly treasonous to several states, um, in a way that would get me put on a watch list. So, um, I, so I'd just like to recenter. Um, so yeah, you're like, Jean Delma is precise and long and intentionally boring. It yeah. is designed it, to it, 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 reject yeah, it, it, and resist you. Yeah, it is a film that is all about trapping you inside the soul-crushing boredom of menial household labor. The sorts of labor that films do not get made about because there is no way to make it cinematically interesting. And, and, and because the people who do it are people whose stories do not get told. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is a film, it, it, and all of, like, that as well, no, absolutely, and it is also a film that operates on a different temporal scale, in, 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 in this is a film that is deliberately and successfully boring, um, I watched all of it wrapped, uh, I would not cut a frame, maybe I'd add some, you know, just at the end, some bloops. Um, and, and, and that is because like the first 40 minutes, it, it is set over three days, two and a half days. We see the second half of the first day and then two full days, um, of this housewife, uh, who is a, uh, a widow and to support herself and her son has become a sex worker. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we start with her uh, farewelling her John for the day uh, and then preparing dinner and then serving it to her son. They exchange a few words uh, and she goes and they go to sleep. And that's the first 40 minutes of the film. And it is interminable and hypnotic. Um, and. and 
you have to have that because when you spend the next hour and 20 minutes in her next day and you almost precisely repeat the same things, it's a different John, it's a different meal, as I said, you see the whole, the breading from the table being clear to having flour and yeah, meal on it, it to be clear a, again. It is a five. It is a five-minute shot of of someone reading veal and cleaning a table, and and and, and sometimes she and in the morning, and, and also there is a baby crying in the background. Oh yeah, she she uh, she looks after the baby of another neighbor who yeah. I read as being a fellow sex worker. Who, who, and she was looking after the baby while the neighbor saw a client. But I uh, might be just making that up, right? No, yeah. So I, I, I believe what was happening was uh, her. Uh, she, she was staying at home looking after her, her youngest child while her uh, older kids were at school. But her, her kids come home from school during the day to have lunch, and uh, she, and uh, she didn't have anything to cook them. So she was leaving her baby with Jean. And then going out to the shops to to buy food for her for for her uh, older kids. Yeah, and uh, the 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 the, uh, the 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 first time that this happens on on the on the second day, uh, she 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 she, uh, she uh, comes by, uh, le- leaves her baby in in a, in a carrier with, with, with Jean. Jean uh, then uh, uh, goes into the kitchen and uh, breads the veal, and then uh, and then the neighbor comes back. Uh, Jean picks up the carrier, carries it up the hallway, opens the door, hands it to the neighbor, and then, uh, and then with the camera like, like four or five meters down the hallway, just looking at Jean, who has been like looking away from the camera through the door, uh, which we, we, we cannot see what's going on on the other side of the door, but then we hear, for we five don't ever minutes. see the mother of the baby, right? We hear her. No. I do, we yeah. do not ever see her. They, 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 they have a five-minute-long conversation just on Delphine Seyrig in profile talking to, like, to, talk, talking to someone we cannot see. The film constantly feels like it is fucking with you, where it is like, we're not going to see another person here. No, we're not getting another angle. Like, no, no, no we're not getting any movement. But, like... No, 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 the, the, this, this conversation is not going to become about any sort of plot. It, it, it is just like, it, it is mundane actions and mundane conversations and, and like perfectly framed master shots. Uh, uh, but like, per- like perfectly framed, oh, it's, it looks so beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Criterion have, oh man, you know, I'm beginning to think that these Criterion guys are going to build a bit of a niche for themselves in uh, restoring uh, older films. You know, I, th- I think they might have, there might be a little bit of a a market for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to 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 tell them, and um, oh, maybe they should collaborate with those uh, Janus film guys. Though I can hear their they can be quite two-faced. No, uh, you know, maybe one day they could release some of Michael Bay's films. One of two. What? No, okay. Um, Armageddon. The Rock. Yes. The Rock. Yeah. I'm. I am honestly, genuinely. Look, we're all having fun here. 
I'm still, because Criterion and Netflix have a deal, which yeah. is essentially Netflix will give them money to release uh, um, uh, uh, films, uh, uh, to release Netflix films a set amount yep. a year, uh, which is uh, stolen valor. Um, but, you yeah. know, uh, but also... But, but I, like, I also love it Roma. means, yeah, it means I, that, like Roma and The Irishman... Like, yeah, and, okay. and get, get, like, physical releases, which they otherwise wouldn't have got. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the thing that kills me, is, there's a specific thing they're avoiding, and it's really making me despair. In fact, to put it into words, I'm thinking of ending things. Um, like, what, like... Yeah. No, that, 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 that absolutely should be one of, one of them. I just, I... Uh, anyway, um, God, I'm I'm sorry this has been so loose, and uh, but th- okay, <clears throat> and the thing that this oh no the these shots, as we're saying, beautiful, immaculate compositions, like they are, uh, uh it it just it knows how to look, it knows what exactly the right frame is that you can sit in it and you never become irritated by an element yeah. of it, you know? And, and, and like, so much of that is down to uh, the cinematographer whose first name is Babette, I believe, but I cannot remember her surname. One second. Yeah, the the the, uh, the, crew, the crew in this movie was entirely women. I think there, there, there might have been, like, one or two men, but it, it, was, it was edited by a woman, it was shot by a woman. The... the uh, the, like the, 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 yeah, the people doing like the sound and the lighting were all women. It was an almost entirely like f- f- female behind the scenes film. Uh, 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 yeah, the cinematographer uh, Babette Mangol uh, yeah. uh, has done it is to um, making a frame that you do not cut from for minutes and like it, we we keep going back to that breeding as if it's the only example of that three times in this film we see her do the dishes as i've said each of those is easily four minutes long and we see the yeah. whole process there are multiple times we see her shine her son's shoes for a few minutes uh and so yeah the these frames and because these frame but these frames are and sean uh, and ackerman uh talked about uh this way of making the film, uh, this style being about one of respect and distance, uh, the the camera is always quite separate from her. The yeah. the closest shot we get is probably what would generously be called a medium, you know, yeah. where her torso and head are taking up, you know, half the frame. Uh, and that seems to, on paper, that's like, so you're making a film where you are disconnected from from this woman. But no, you, all, this whole film is her. This whole film is uh, Chantal Ackerman uh, uh, being like, come, come with me and my, my mate Delphine, and we will allow you into this woman's life. Uh, and because, that that kindness 
combined with this new that new temporal sense, this kind of proto slow cinema of it, um, means that uh, 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 twice on the second day and the third day she kind of starts her day by going to uh, a cafe where yep. she gets a uh, uh, coffee and she uh, spoons in the sugar and she always dips her finger in and um, and licks it uh, as the last thing to do. No, it's the first thing she does. And she does a little smile. Uh, and, it, it, and you've spent so much time with her that that feels like as big a moment of character revelation <laughs> as when, uh, you know, in Total Recall, when that woman's head turns into segments and it's revealed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yeah. you know? It, yeah. it, and then, like, the second time uh, uh, you go, uh, the second, on the third day, when we see her again there, someone else is in her seat. It's another yeah. woman. And so she is, but the frame is the same. So she is yeah. one table over, a table that's kind of out of the frame. And she goes through her whole process again, but that that change that you are in this moment again, but different, that she has been forced out of the frame, but has been taken up by a woman whose life you assume is equally as complex, yeah, feels like like that to me. Her not being able to be in her seat was like fucking Macaulay Culkin dying in My Girl. Like it was it and. So, like the on the second day, um, when she's drying and putting away the dishes, she's doing the cutlery, uh, uh and she drops one of the spoons, and it is borderline a jump scare. Delphine Seyrig is so good at dropping things. Like my 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 like personal favorite moment of the film is is on is on the third day when she is shining her son's shoes. She has this like whole routine that she goes through before her son even wakes up. But like he doesn't even know what's happening, but like makes him being able to go to school possible. And, and she, she of uh, course uh, takes her for granted. Yeah, we're, we're, we're like she wakes up. She she puts the coffee on. She turns the heater on in his room so that he can be warm. Like as he wakes up, she like she shines and cleans his shoes. Like she she, she go, goes for this whole like like ten minute of screen time process every single morning, just so that like his morning can go a, a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. But on, on so on on the second day, we see her in the morning. She she has this process of shining the shoes, and 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 Delphine Sarig shines these shoes so efficiently and so expertly that you just know like. Oh, th- th- this this woman has done this a million times. Yeah, like she 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 does every day. It's such a part of her routine. It is effortless. And then on the third day, she she she, she is shining the shoes again. And as she, as she puts down the first shoe and picks up the second shoe, she puts a polish on it and then starts brushing it. The 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 the, the brush just slips out of her hand. Yeah, and it, it it feels it is such a like a crack in the facade of like. It, it, as soon as soon as that happens, you know, like, oh, th- th- this day is not going to go like how she wants it to go. This is yeah. going to be a bad day for her. And I, I like I I, I, re- I rewound it a couple times just to see if I could like see her knowing that she was going to drop it ahead of time. Yeah, and 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 like the the way that Delphine Sayrig drops this like drops this like shoe polish brush is just. Such an incredible, like, technical acting achievement. And, like, 
you, like, there is not, like, an instant where it is, where she is not fully in this character and has no idea that she is about to drop this brush, which she knows she is going to drop. On, um, on the third, on the third day, uh, 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 you know, the day when everything goes wrong, where, uh, for the first time we, we see her having, uh, 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 in a transaction with one of her clients, uh, uh, and during which, uh, she has an orgasm and, and then kills him. Um, uh, there, there is on the third day, there is a scene where, uh, she's, uh, having a coffee, pours herself some coffee from her flask, gets some milk out of the fridge, uh, um, uh, it to the coffee, drinks it, and then, uh, uh, and then you can see her express the very clear emotion, the very complex but transparently clear emotion of like, oh, is this milk a bit off? Mm. And, and so she throws the coffee away, she gets out a glass, she smells the milk, she drinks a bit of the milk, oh no, it's alright, and, and so she pulls herself another cup of coffee and adds milk to it, and, and, and it is uh, uh, an experience or we have all had uh, uh, being shown to us is a real life in real time, and it just feels um it's a transcendent performance oh, I, yeah, I ab- ab- absolutely it it is we we talked about how four hundred blows is a is a beautiful synthesis in a way uh, of truffaut finding uh uh lud and together they made a film. Yeah. In this, it feels like Ackerman found Sayreg and was like, we're not going to make a film. You're going to be the film. Yeah. Um, it feels pure and direct. This feels like the film version of Water straight out of the, out of a spring, you know? So if you're a if you're a fan of film and you haven't seen a lot of Delphine Sayreg's movies, check out pretty much any of them because she is incredible at like whatever she tries her hand at. Yeah, whether it's for like the the like dreamy surrealism of Last Year at Marion Bad or the uh or the like much more frantic surrealism of Louise Buñuel in The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, like she's incredible in both of those. In this, where she is just playing a normal woman having a normal couple of days, and then a uh, very unnormal one day, she's incredible. In the uh, movie Daughters of the Darkness, where she plays a uh, a, a lesbian vampire countess, which is like I mean, not amazing. Yeah, it's like that, n- yeah, like it, it's you know, like it's not an amazing movie, but she is incredible in it. No, but like Cumberbatch, obviously playing Turing after being Sherlock. When you look at Jane Dillman, every you know, no one wins points for leaving John Dillman and being like, you know, everyone looks at each other and goes like, lesbian vampires. You know, it's um, it's it's like first idea can be best idea, but it's still you know, first idea. Yeah, and and uh, and and uh, and if you if you have movie. Uh, I really recommend checking out all the stuff that she directed. 
the the only other part of Dillman I think we haven't spoken about um, is how through the specificity, uh, uh, its elegant specificity and patience, uh, every moment it gives you does not become less important, it becomes more important. Um, she goes to uh, the shop just to get something. I think yeah. maybe it's post office. Um, no, no, it's just a shop. Sorry, sorry. She also goes to the post office. I'm thinking of the bit in the shop. And, and, and you know, she interacts with another woman who is like her. And then, um, uh, 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 and, uh, Dillman leaves and, but we stay with the woman in her shop. And she goes out through a back door. She goes out through a door in the back of the shop. And we see that she is in a flat behind her. And she just goes and she sits, uh, I think, on her bed or her couch, waiting for the next person to come. And she is trapped within these frames, within, trapped within frames, within frames. Uh, and, and we, I think we only see that scene once. We Maybe yep. we go twice. Um but but in that moment, and like the how the woman who has taken her seat in the cafe could be another her, and that's not, and it is not saying that all you know, Jean Deal, every woman is Jean Dealman, You know, the mm. the men love her, and the women want to be her. No, it it is that when we are all he, living. He, he, any time that Jean Dealman isn't on screen, people should be saying, "Hey, where's Jean Dealman? <laughs> www.memeconstructor.com Good, done, done. Yeah, I've put it in the meme rater and we've we've hit maximum virality. No, the computer's exploding. Just imagine if that did turn out to be the perfect meme. And that's finally what, like, we, we posted that on the Shark on the Shark and Sound Twitter yeah. page, and that's what no. finally got us big. No. <laughs> that was a John Dillman Poochie joke. <laughs> I don't like. We can't, like, it won't. Now that we've said this, it yeah. won't. But it's not like. Like, you could not have guessed. The the ma- the major discourse about June, apart from the fact, have you watched it yet? I've not. I'm waiting till I can see it in the, the cinema. Uh, okay. Just saying. Let's hope we better uh, that ninety percent of this city gets um uh, vaccinated. Uh, vaccinated. Um. Uh, so you can, and I can I can I just say, and this is not like a moral thing. This yeah. is a like I want you to understand that I get it and I agree with you. Is a I really wanted to see it. Yeah. Uh, B it was kind of fucking revenge for still not being able to see No Time for Die, No Time to Die, and I also scrubbed through it. And, and Finn, I hope yes. you're sitting down for this. Well, yeah, but this Denis Villeneuve guy. Yeah. Oh, for the first time, he's really kind of broken out of his scrappy aesthetic and made something uh, that, you know, it's rare for him. It's entirely new, but 
uh, it, it it is it's a work of uh, ecstatic cinematic beauty uh, with an understanding of uh, how uh, light and shape can tell story and express character and uh, and also how sound can be within it. Oh, great. I, I, was, I was getting sick of that mumblecore shit he was doing before. <sighs> well, like, you know how at the beginning of Blade Runner 2049, there is, there's the ding of Sony, and yeah. then there's that weird tone that is clearly digital, and it's like, that is actually nothing like uh, Vangelis's score for Blade Runner. But you immediately go, oh, like, fuck that. Obviously, that's the Blade Runner noise, you know? <laughs> um, uh, 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 yeah. Like, he does that with June, um, except, you know, Finn. I don't know how much you want to be spoiled on this, but um, there's this guy called Paul Atreides, and yeah. um, there's and, this- and he and he does everything correctly, and uh, everything turns out fine, right? I mean, it is not an adaptation of the whole book, yeah. So, like, sort of. actually, not like, but also not, yeah. Like I, I just um. Anyway, uh, 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 I'm just I'm lo- lo- looking through the cast list of of Dune. I'm just remembering all the great uh, uh, character names in Dune, and like uh, Doctor Wellington UA and uh, Shed Out Mates and Glossu Raban and Stilgar, like, Gurney Halleck, Hufa Howard. Oh God, it's so good. Uh, and, and I love like this yeah. shit, Peter Devries, uh, Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Moyam. So, so like that moment, that moment in uh, 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 of Blade Runner, that noise where you're like, oh, yeah, that's the Blade Runner noise. That's what Blade Runner 20 years on is. Uh, uh, no, 30 years on is. Uh, uh, the equivalent moment for that in June, and I 100% mean that, is when I like, I just, because you know, like, I know you're a big fan of House Harkonnen. Yeah. And you think they're doing a great job. On uh, Arrakis, yeah, they are extracting all, all, all they're extracting all the spice, you know, and they're, they're not letting the freedom to get too uppity. They're doing they're doing a great job, and, and I know that you don't like to see that challenged or changed. So no. I, I I don't know how to tell you this. If it's one um, thing I hate, it's a status quo being challenged. Which well, is why I've never enjoyed the films of Sion Sono. <laughs> I can't believe that this bit is staying in the episode. But anyway, <laughs> um, is no. I think I think the kind of loose we've been, if we tighten it, is actually a genuine tribute to both Sono and Dilman. I did. I, 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 no, I, I was thinking earlier, like, oh. You know, it, it makes sense. We've done so. We've done so much uh, rambling and tangents on this on this episode about about a Chantal yeah, and Sion Sono film. But like, bo- yeah, because both of those films demand it. They, yeah, they, yeah. they, they well, one is a film that had that. Oh, oh, sorry, we'll get back to Dealman, which is a film that has been uh, um that is has been attempted to be reproduced thousands of times. Yeah. Um. 
and unsuccessfully because why fucking make a Jean Delma when we already have it? Like, anyway, and the other is just one guy being like, yeah, what if I tried to compress every other film into one film and then uh, I made like six of those a year, um, which is, you know, which is kind of, anyway. Um, so I want you to brace yourself. Uh, uh, it's pretty early on, but you know the Emperor? Yeah. Uh, I think he makes a pretty fucked up decision and he gives Arrakis over to House Atreides. Oh, not not those fucking ocean-loving do-gooders. Look, they... And the problem is, when you're looking at a family unit that's bearded Oscar Isaac, why has he ever shaved? Uh, God damn it, what is her name? uh, Rebecca Ferguson? Rebecca Ferguson, of course. The the star of the film. uh, uh, A woman who just simply by nailing genuinely everything the film throws at her uh, uh, manages to make uh, uh, Lady Rebecca no, is it? It's her, is her, does L- she have L- 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 Lady Jessica? Lady Jessica, sorry, yep. Um, uh, uh, uh Lady Jessica, a uh, empirically the lead and hero of the film, and, and B, uh, to humiliate genuinely everyone who has uh, uh, suborned her role in a film for a man, uh, uh, in and or oh, um. Anyway, uh, and Timothy Chalamet, who who uh, is exact like, who together with Villeneuve genuinely finds a way uh, to explore and express a new part of the hackiest hero's journey stuff, which is what mm-hmm. the mistake, which is why. Anyway, uh, they they arrive uh, on Arrakis that we call June, and because I'm still building up to. The equivalent moment of the Blade Runner noise. Remember, we're still here. We're trapped in this moment forever that is now and forever, like a like like yeah, Arthur like, like, Sion like film now or, and forever of a winter garden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, that like cat like cats. Jean Dilma in the films of Sion Sono. Three things that are like I guess pufferfish films. Uh, in that they should kill you, and <laughs> that if you ever prepare one, you must consume it yourself. You know, um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, uh, anyway, um, so they uh, they arrive. This beautiful family unit. Uh, these incredible vistas. You know, there are two answers now to what do you do when you have $200 million to make a film. One is that you crash a plane and then do it backwards yep. uh, again. And the other and one is you buy up all the world's sand. No, the other is just, like, you shoot everything you fucking can on a set or a location and then just... 
make, like, just have the best fucking scene. Like, like, I am sure there are actually pound for pound fewer special effects shots uh, than most films in that. Yeah. And and it's just because, and it's just because they've focused. And so each of them, oh, they just fucking get it. But anyway, so they, they step out uh, of, of these brutalist future deco ships, the Fremen chanting. And then, of course, you know this. This, I don't believe it's in the books. I don't think it's been in any other adaptation. But Denise Villeneuve knows that the most Dune thing, the purest Dune, pure like Jean Dillman into my brain, uh, uh, pure like the anger of Sono, is, is of course some bagpipes start playing. <laughs> and, and in that moment you're like, oh yes, no, 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 no. For a moment you're like, oh, bagpipes. And then you're like, no, of course. Of course there's fucking bagpipes. Why is there not bagpipes? Fuck, no, the whole original point, I'm sorry, Finn, I'm so sorry. You're just dying over there, I can see it. Um, <laughs> no, is that I, I scrubbed through that film being like, does this film look good enough that I will want to see it again? Mm. Um, and the, uh, uh, the answer is resolutely yes, to, to, to watch it illegally is to go like, I am enjoying uh, uh, this preview of a assault on my senses. <laughs> you know? Anyway, uh, so Finn. Yes. How do we be men? Uh, you know, one day I'm going to find out. Yeah. At a moment, really, really no idea. Uh, so I believe, personally, the Jean Dilma, if I had to choose. Yeah. Um, which, which you do. Yeah. Uh, between Shine and Sound, it is unutterably, empirically sound. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it is good. The way that butterflies' wings are beautiful, <laughs> uh, and the way that water is refreshing. It is, there is, I cannot have a response to the, I could not accept a response to this film that anything, uh, that's anything but praise. So you do agree with me, right? Yeah. And it is, the thing I want to briefly touch on is that I think there, there is a pretty clear legacy of this film having, um, of people trying to emulate this film, uh, uh, obviously within the festival circuit, but I've seen lots of films that are like this, uh, or try to be like this, and some are successful and some aren't. But the thing they are often all missing is that because they are, they're indie films that I saw when I was a child, uh, which is me using coded language to describe films shot on mini DV tape, uh, uh, they miss a fundamental part of this film that part of its dignity uh, is that it operates in many ways uh, uh, pulling the same trick as the Nouveau Vague, which is these immaculate frames have the same 
real detailed color and light and the fine grain of the film uh, is is a film about the most glamorous people in Brussels, you know? Yeah. This style only works because they're using the cameras you would shoot a king with. Um, and also, I just don't know why. Like... Yeah, because I, 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 of course, would shoot a king with a gun. No, but that's bad. Yeah. Mm. What king, though? The Burger King? Uh, King Ralph. No! I mean, he's uh, such a good man! <laughs> yeah, this is the first king I thought of. Um, okay. Uh, king, king Cooper? Uh, yeah, he's, he's like number seven on my list of... When I think Cougars. of kings. Dale. Uh, <laughs> Dale. Justin McElroy's child. Uh, a third one. Uh, a guy who makes barrels. Oh, is that? I thought it was yeah. shoes for some reason, but you're absolutely no. right. I, I, I believe that's a, I believe the guy who makes shoes is a, a, is a, a clog master. No, no, no. It, uh, they are, um, mm, uh, Nikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 sorry. Did, did, uh, uh, did, uh, did, did, uh, did, did you know that, uh, uh, that, that the uh, very first uh, short film by Jacques Demy is a half hour long uh, short documentary about uh, about a, about a, a French uh, clockmaker. I didn't know that. It's, it's on it's on movie at the moment. It's pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's about an elderly guy who uh, just makes clogs out of uh, uh, out of out of just like tree trunks. But like that's the curse of cloggery, right? Like mm. only old people can clog. The yep. moment you move. You know, because you're you're hooked on woodland. Not a not a twig can go by that does not become you know, I don't know, a pencil. But then you're like, oh, what if I went bigger than this? The moment you've considered that, you're like a Theoden in the Two Towers backwards. <laughs> Suddenly, you know, boom. That's the craziest thing. I was going to make a reference to Faden being under the control of of Saramond earlier in the episode, and I decided not to. And I can't remember why I was going to do it now. Well, I I do <laughs> imagine. Okay, guys, here is my gritty reboot of Jean Dilma. It is a shot for shot remake, except. Jean Dilma is an aged theater and and her son is Grima Wormtongue. <laughs> but uh, everything else is the same. Every line, every detail. Oh, what, what, what's what's the what's the name of the actor who plays who plays Faden? It's like it's like Bernard something, right? Bernard Hill. I once Bernard Hill. Yeah, crossed the street at the same time as him. I reached to press the button, but he already got there first. What's it like to talk to a real, uh, I've brushed shoulders with the famous. And like Grimma Wormtongue is played by Brad Dourif, who played Peter DeVries in David Lynch's Dune. It all, it all comes back to Dune. Oh, I mean, what a, what a good movie. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm just, fit. No, no, not 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 David Lynch's Dune. No, but Two Towers. Oh, I was thinking, thinking about how good that is. Oh yeah, just because 
Um, Denise Villeneuve's Dune is not a flawless film, but it so resolutely cracks how to adapt that book in such a simple way that it genuinely, like, you look at the fucking miniseries and you're like, of you fucking idiots, just stick with Paul, rearrange the characters so they arrive in a slightly different order, and each of them is an exposition engine while also being played by, uh, could you get all the most charismatic actors? I mean, where would you put Stellan Skarsgård? Oh, under, under mud? Yeah, there... That definitely does sound like something it would have been good to see on a big screen. Well, um, they, 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 had to keep, they had to keep him under the mud. Otherwise, he just kept, like, he, he would just keep, like, shouting while, while they were rolling, I want to be more naked. Let the audience see my body. The shot uh, of him emerging from that mud is a, you know, like, we're, we're about to talk about Sono, a man who just loves ending his films with people. Covered in blood. Uh, yeah. And this somehow is like a new, uh, it's like a new taste. It's a new thing to see. The listening prosthetic scars garden mud. It is thin. I just, I, I've not seen a normal film in lot in so long. So just to check, cause we've been watching so much crazy shit. I just want to check in. <laughs> Most films, or all films, right, have at least one incredible, almost subliminal flash of Zendaya looking to the camera <laughs> in it, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. why you love Milkman Marie so much. Yeah, I forgot. 2021, sorry, Denis, you're yeah. in the toilet. I got to remember about that, that Malcolm and Marie, that film, that is, um, ooh, it, you know, oh, God, how did he fuck that? So like, I'm going to pitch you a film. Sure. Okay. Then it's a tough time, right? Yeah. And we, um, and we're going to, uh, uh, it's COVID. And I think that's time to tell a new kind of story. Oh yeah, and and I've always thought that that the way that it is a tragedy that 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 African American actors or all actors of color never got the full to be the leads in a fully glamorous fifties sixties black and white film. So I'm saying we make that, and we make that by making a modern Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. We pare right. it down. It's two characters. i got some names to throw on you. Oh, yeah? Z- Zendaya. Oh, love her. Love her. She's great. John she, she's, she's, David she's Michi. Watch- Washington. Oh, yeah. The, the, the guy who gave like one of the great uh, breakout performances of of the of, of the twenty tens, and, um, and, and and then and then was uh, the coolest guy ever in tennis. Like, I don't think people understand 
that because of how Tenor operates... He, he, people, he, he had four movies in, in 2018. Uh, John David Washington, always worth stressing, um, has only appeared in about eight films, yeah. has killed it in all of them that I've seen, and inexplicably, just because of who he works with, has appeared... He has only, like, his first film was like 20, like, he appeared as, like, Man 2 in the background of Malcolm X when he was 12. But, like, uh, uh, he has been acting in films since 2017. 16 yes. May, like, filming no, since no, 16. No, his, 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 his first film uh, that, that, that he's credited on is Love Beats Rhymes, directed yeah. by Verizza in 2017. Uh, and, and he has um, appeared on film more than on digital captured films. There is something about directors who will only shoot on film and John David Washington. And it's not like Spike Lee always uses him. It is like, it's him, it's Nolan, it's fucking, anyway. Yeah. Like, And I don't think, like, here's the way to understand John David Washington's charisma. Because obviously we understand that Tenet shows us we need to look at the world in a new way that we can reverse entropy. And, and, and that film, I think, deservedly got a little guff for the fact that um, uh, that character in the script was simply called the protagonist, uh, and they discuss that a lot. Now, what if I told you that that is not Nolan uh, uh, talking about the idea of the protagonist? It's him inventing the concept of the protagonist of a film and sending it backwards in time. That's how cool John David Washington is. Imagine those two on screen together, and I've got, I've got some content for you. Yeah. What if they are having a drawn-out argument about representation and who owns a story in film? Right, I, I, I enjoy films about stuff like that. And it will on black and white film. It'll be super fucking sexy. I do have one thing, though. What? What's I'm, that? I'm just going to totally fucking balk it on the script. <laughs> it's just it's going to be so fucking repetitive. And so I'm just going to spend a whole film leaning on a cinematographer to do incredible work that cannot hide the fact that I am just writing the same argument occurring uh, uh, repeatedly and uninterestingly for the length of a film. Um, the cinematic equivalent of that Simpsons joke where um, Homer needs to finish a food review and just writes Flanders stinks 10 times. <laughs> um, that's great, right? Like, that's a good, that's not balking it, right? No, that, that's, that sounds, uh, that, that, that's, mm, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, now that I think about it. Nah. Too late. Uh, hey, look. Well, it's, it's, it's my dad was the, famous, and I make show. I make show about teen drugs. I hey, no one else looked at skins and thought, "What if I do that?" But American and mm -hmm. be famous director's son. And then I had that idea of getting hot people in film with bad script, like. I'm so sick. This is why my favorite film is Love Exposure. Because um, it really expresses what it is like to have a powerful father uh, who is a monster and drives you to do monstrous things. But uh, there was, there, I, I rescued that. Yep. Then. 
Yeah. I'm not in as bad a state as I seem, I think. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, but, Jean de- I need your official call. Jean Delman. Uh, I, I personally think it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like it a lot. And as I said, I like the moment where Delphine Sarig uh, drops, the, drops the brush. Really fucked me up. Uh, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. It's unbeatable. Like, it's not unbeatable. Where Where is it on your list? Uh, on my uh, ranking of the movies we've seen for this podcast, it is uh, number 22 in between The 400 Blows and Ugetsu. Uh, for me, it is at 35 between A Man Escaped and A Matter of Loaf and Death. And, and that is genuinely because uh, uh, this film absolutely is being intentionally boring and doing <laughs> yeah. something with it. But also, like, I, and it's not, you know, like, you understand, like, it's better than that placement, but that's why I've put it there, you know? Like, it's, it is hostile to audiences in a way that, um, makes it hard to love. So, you're not the only one who finds this movie hard to love. Uh, yeah. Can I just tell you? Yes, that, maybe. That was just an incredibly smooth transition. Yeah, it was pretty good. And it would be horrible if I stepped on it. Yeah, I would uh, never forgive you. Uh, this is a half-star review of Jean Dillman 23 Kota Commerce 1080 Brussels by uh, Letterbox oh, user. We need to talk about the real... Because I, I've mentioned... <laughs> God, this is genuine. This is the kind of thing that genuinely mucks with me. Um, and we, we've talked about how there are cases of, you know, how most international films uh, have agreed upon title. A Man Escaped is yeah. A Man Escaped, but uh, uh, L'Enfant du Paradis is L'Enfant du Paradis. And I just am very tickled by the fact that Jean Dilma, 23, Croix du Commerce, 1080 Brussels, um, uh, has generally been accepted as, as being in French. Uh, uh, it, it, it's language of origin. But uh, between different countries, uh, they will change whether there is a comma after the 23. Right, yeah. Because uh, in, in Brussels, that, that's the convention. Your street number, the, a comma, the name of the street. Uh, and in English-speaking countries, uh, uh you will see that it is still a French title, but now formatted just without that comma, like it would be in English. And I'm just like, that is, ooh, baby, baby. It's a wild world. Uh, sorry, uh, you were saying. You were saying. Yeah. So uh, v- uh, v- v- uh, this is a review by uh, Letterboxd user uh, K. Doster Hagen. Uh, uh, I, I had like uh, six different reviews uh, that, that I was choosing between. Uh, this one I ultimately uh, came down with. Uh, one of the worst films I've ever seen. This is such a poor movie on all aspects. It's extremely long and extremely low in content. In comparison, by Wikipedia's paragraphs, this film runs for three hours and 21 minutes and has only one paragraph of plot. Meanwhile, Halves of Glory which runs for one hour and 28 minutes, 
has 10 plot paragraphs. This is a plain proof of how low in content this film is, especially for its runtime. In all this time, you got to see the protagonist making food, washing dishes, bathing, going making herself coffee, shopping, all in real time. Because art. Reminds me of that SpongeBob SquarePants episode in which the artists uh, watch a five-hour movie uh, about a chair just sitting on a floor. It has some of the worst writing I've ever seen. Most of the conversations between the mother and her son are plain stupid. And this film is such a waste of budget. It cost 120,000 US dollars to make. Some competent people could have made this film with less than 120,000 US dollars. Primer, for example, cost only $7,000 and feels 100,000 times more expensive and higher production quality than this. Whoever made this truly were bad at managing money. I've seen YouTube videos made with a zero budget and far better than this. To hell with it. I've seen kids of the age of 10 years old make better films than this. Anyways, back to the film itself. Its idea is to make this repeating routine thing and how the minor change has a big impact. It's a very good idea, but this this film has the worst possible execution ever. I've seen this concept done way better, even in YouTube videos. Um, yeah, this has been a loosey-goosey episode, and we are only at the halfway mark, so I don't want to dwell on this. Um, I have feigned anger, like we both have in this show, it's a bit. But I want to say that hearing that opinion, and specifically invoking Primer, a work by a sex abuse, by a sex yeah. criminal, by an abuser, uh, against this, genuinely makes it, like, angry. Like, I am angry at that person. <laughs> um, and I hope you hear this, not you, Finn. I mean, I do hope you hear this, because that means the connection's working. But the person who wrote that interview, that fucking review, um, you need to readdress uh, what you consider valuable in art, how it operates, and what you think successful use of money is. Yeah. Um, you kiss your mother with those fingers, like... You incurious monster. Anyway, what are their top four films? I should guess. Uh, is the first, like, um, fucking, uh, like, only fucking idiots like this film? The film? I don't know. You know, no, Fight uh, Club. Uh, uh, the, 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 the first one, uh, I, 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 I don't know if you'll know or not, so I'll start with that. Uh, it, uh, it is a Danish film. Uh, okay, so... Uh, uh, like chocolat, because uh, no. uh, Danish, because it's set in a pissery. I mean, is it a, a, a dog me or by a dog me director? Uh, it is neither, I believe. Does it? Okay. Does it have meds in it? Uh, no, this is from uh, 1988. Mads is Danish, right? I'm not just being yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, M- M- Mads sorry, is Danish. I'm still the... Like, I'm genuinely currently going through a mental process 
because it would just be it would ruin the vibe of this already erratically vibed podcast for me to express the genuine anger in my mind <laughs> at that review. Um uh okay. I oh 81. I yeah, I give me a what genre is it? Uh, it, uh, it is a uh, thriller. It was uh, uh, later remade in English by the same director. Have you heard? Have you had you heard of that remake? Uh, no, I, I, I had heard of the original film. I had not heard of the remake. Oh God! Like, who's in the American remake? The English uh, remake? Oh, okay, you got Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland. Nancy Travis, Sandra Bullock. Is it? What is it? I do not know. Uh, 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 it, it is a film called. Uh, 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 it is a film called Sporloose or The Vanishing. Oh, uh, like I can picture the poster. I would, yeah. yeah, not in a million years. Yeah, it's it's like a missing poster for for a young teenage girl. Is the poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, okay, the second film is uh, it is directed by someone who uh, produced uh, one of the movies we've covered recently. Braveheart. Uh, correct director, wrong movie. Oh, God. Apocalypto? Yeah. Oh, God. L- mate. Buddy, if you wrote this review and are within the sound of my voice, you have to examine your values at a basic level. That's like, anyway, sorry. Uh, The next film is part of not necessarily a series of films. There are two films, both released the same year by the same director, each tell uh, one part of the story. Uh, the Eleanor Rigby one? The No. Oh, um, oh, Che? No. Uh... I mean, in, in, in content, it is closer to Che, in the style of what each movie is doing, it is closer to the Eleanor Rigby one. Oh, uh, Flags of Our Fathers or yes. Indeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah. Uh, Can I say, I just spent a lot of that description being like, this is an brilliant slant way to describe Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, until it was like, oh no, evidently it is not. I'm sorry, yeah. continue. Yeah, and then uh, the, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the final film on the list is uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, most Flags of Our Fathers and Apocalypto film. Is it good? Yeah. But is it great? Uh, I'd say it's uh, pretty good. I, I like it. I like it a bit. It, I, I, I like it quite a lot. It doesn't. It, it, it's not top tier Scorsese for me, but it is very good. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street? No, that's one that I don't like. Um, mm. Cape Fear? 
no, I haven't seen that one. Uh, I, I think a, a, a lot of people uh, do consider this one of his great films, although it wasn't a big hit. Gangs of New York? No. God damn, it's fucking obvious now as well is the thing that's killing me, right? Um, mm. Is Linda Cardellini in it? She is not. Is it a De Niro? Uh, nope. Is it a DiCaprio? No. But no, those are not uh, okay. Uh, could you in your web browser? Can you go up to the corner and hit refresh? Or, uh, or sure, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can no, you do that. what? What uh, 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 an American lawmaker is attempting to criminally prosecute? Go up to um, the three dots. Click view source. And check if anyone has like hacked it and put in like prank code because those are the two kinds of squishy films. Uh, yeah. Um, is it? Oh, Kundun? Nope. God. Ah, uh, is what decade? Uh, twenty tens. Oh my God, Yutha, what are you doing? Oh, silence. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, God. Sorry, I fuck that. God. Um, okay. Finn, yes. you, you ushered me, mm. uh, into the world of, of Sion Sono. I did, yes. By, in, 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 in an act that I genuinely consider as a milestone in our friendship, uh, hectoring me through and around this podcast. Uh, into watching uh, The Forest of Love, which at the time I thought was my first Sono, but uh, I saw Suicide Club uh, at at the festival. Mm. And, and, yeah, which is which is like, it's very Sono, but it's also proto-Sono, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and, 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 like, you pushing so hard uh, of being like, watch this film. It is about how we can only choose how we die and that the world is cruel and also just the personal magnetism of monsters. And and to be clear, we were talking about Deep Cut. I mean, we yep. talked about it in, in the Shade and Sound, the first annual Shade and Sound Shade and Show down for the crown 2020 or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harleen Quinzel. Um, uh, uh, and I was in, and the, like, you were not just pushing it on me because you, uh, uh liked it. Uh, you were pushing it on me because you thought I would like it even. And I like obviously did. Well, and and because uh, I knew that uh, none of my other friends would agree to watch it. Yeah, no, like oh Jesus, like holy yeah. shit. Um, and <laughs> and you want to, you have to share it. It's like yeah. a mind virus. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I, 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 and spending a day l- looking at those. It's like five hours total deep cut. Yeah, yeah. This sprawling, massive, tiny, cheap, expensive, tawdry, serious 
hilarious and heartbreaking excoriation of the ills of the world, uh, uh, full of disturbing violence and great jokes and uh, porn, just porn, uh, and, and just being like, fuck, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And with uh, what we both agreed was uh, the uh, best lead, uh, uh, the uh, best lead male performance of last year. Sono is a hyper object, a uh, 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 Vanta Black uh, uh, accepts no light until you turn it, and it is an aerogel that has no weight uh, and nothing but substance. It is bright like the sun or a fluorescent light bulb like yeah he, he, he is a uh, uh, he is a uh, pervert obsessed with rape who makes like who makes like angrily feminist movies yeah no but like I I feel like we've actually we talked quite a lot about Sona at the beginning mm. um uh, but what I want to know because yeah my journey into Sono is on this podcast yeah, uh, and through you, and I, and like, I like I dig Sono, mm. Asterix, which we all return to, um, but you really connect, yeah, and I want you to tell me about what your ex, how you came to that, what it is in his work that speaks to you. I want you to tell Finn. I have two yes. questions for you. Uh, both of which are, are just me trying to get you to talk about Sion Sono. One, right. why are you guilty of romance? And two, how can we be men? Yeah, I mean, so I, I think I definitely talked about this for a bit on the uh, Shite and Sound, uh, Shite and Showdown episode. Talked about how I like came to watch uh, the, the Forest of Love Deep Cut. Because like se- several years ago, there was a Nicolas Cage film announced where where people were like, Hey, Nicholas Cage is going to be making this uh, movie called Prisoners of a Ghostland with this uh, with this crazy Japanese dude. Maybe I'll see it this year. Maybe I won't. But then, then when I started following lots of like uh, Facebook film snob groups, I saw a lot of people talking about Love Exposure, this uh, crazy four hour long movie about uh, about uh, religion and violence and uh, obscure photography. And I was like, that that sounds that sounds uh, weird. I mean, last year. I saw on Netflix a movie called The Forest of Love, and I saw it was directed by the guy who had made about four hour long movie and a Nicolas Cage movie. I checked that out. Then I saw there was a five hour long, like uh, there was a five hour long miniseries version of it. I watched that, and I bought. And, and just to be clear on that, the miniseries is is a uh, uh, is an, a, a heavily reordered extended cut. It's not. Yeah. He didn't make this. It's not. It's not a Hanukkah funny games thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, and, and then uh, at, at like uh, v- 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 various uh, websites where I buy Blu-rays from, I found I found like a lot of his stuff. I, f- I found Love Exposure and Coldfish and Anti Porno and Tag, and I bought all the ones that I could find and just like watched through them and uh, just uh, try 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 to absorb as much of it as I could. 
And the, the, the like, uh, I, I think I, like, talked at the beginning of this episode about a lot of the stuff that I really like about Sono. And uh, I, I think, like, one, one, one of the things that, like, really draws me to him is his, like, unshakable sense of iconoclasticism. There was, like, no other director who whose films I watch. Uh, like, there are lots of, like, anti-establishment filmmakers and, like, filmmakers who are like, we've got to stick it to the man and burn down the system. But, like, I, I don't think any of those other people believe it nearly as much as, as Sion Sono does. He articulates this incredibly bleak worldview of, like, how the system of, like, how the hierarchies of power that exist, like, it, like he's mainly focused on Japan, but, but like, a lot, but, like, most of the points he makes are like work in in any country about how the like about how how the hierarchies of power about how religion and conservatism and 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 like patriarchy how all these things exist to make us miserable and subservient and even the people who like even the people who see themselves as benefiting from those from those power structures are often not. They, they, are, they are also made miserable and degraded and depressed by the systems that they like work so hard to uphold. Yeah, and I just, I just love all that shit. And I, I, I love, I mean, like, I'm, I'm over the past like, like two years, I've been exploring a lot more of like the, the like Japanese avant garde from the 1960s onwards, and. I re- really, really connect with the uh, absolute fucked upness and uh, and and like refusal to do things in any way approaching normal that that like that 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 like Japanese like left field directors uh, like get to do and I, I love the, the 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 like giant performances that. We're, we're able to see in, 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 in Japanese cinema, which basically don't exist in, in, in Western cinema anymore, cinema anymore, because everything has been so flattened out by algorithms and like, you know, executives. Yeah. And so I, I, I just think that he is like a singular filmmaker who is interested in all of the things that I want out of, out of like avant garde or extreme cinema and, even when he makes a film I don't like as much, it still makes me feel real bad. Like he 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 is a master of fucked up vibes and just making you feel like shit. And uh, I think it's real cool when someone is able to do something uh, that well, that consistently. Um, I I I have a a a, a ritual. Uh, uh, it's, it's called the Black Mass. Involves, yeah. uh, Johnny Depp and like <laughs> terrible. I, I think, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that movie was maybe well received. I, I, I don't like. Not only do I not know, mm. I refuse. Like, I refuse to know, but in a way that, like, black mass. No, 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 metacritic. We, no, no, Finn. I I understand what you're going to do. I understand the impulse. I think it's good. I'm not judging it. 
68% favorable from critics. You don't understand. 7.5 user rating. Look. Yeah, it's like, it's fine. Positive to mixed. I need, I need you. Like, oh, I got Roger Moore gave it a, gave it a good review. I, no, uh, the, the situation we are in, I, that's a great impulse you're having. It's a good bit. But what you don't grasp uh, is that the, we're not talking about like, I'm, I'm so uninterested in it. I don't want to know. It is like Black Mass, the the Jonathan Depp mm. film, um, it is like a disc that is formatted wrong for my computer. So it it, it is not that I'm like, uh, and it's sliding off my brain. When you just started talking about that film, you went, you said Metacritic, mm. and then what you said, what you like, you made the noises of words. But they, I could not fathom meaning into them. I'm sorry, I just can't. Um, you, we might need to run, uh, uh your a uh, boot camp and dual boot Windows on my brain to be able to process black. Mass. Anthony Lane of the New Yorker said the movie is often absorbing and skillfully played, but along with its snarling hero, it doesn't have much time for ordinary folk. Also, I was too busy jerking off to afford of Elastigirl to pay attention. Uh, yeah, a- Anthony Lane uh, sent me an email personally <laughs> with with a headline about how he didn't like June, and as that was one of the few bits of light, I don't know how I saw it. I would never steal a film. Um, uh, in my life, I do consider him an enemy, and he's like top of the list. Uh, in in arranging the the Interpol Lynch situation, and I'm I just want to talk about two things, and they will bring us back to Sono, and they will answer what it is to be guilty of romance, and, and continue to question how can we be men. Um, so uh, a thing I've been talking a lot about with my therapist recently is how I wish I couldn't feel feelings as much as I do, uh, uh, that I wish I could kind of numb them. Uh, uh, I find them very overwhelming. I feel like I feel everything all of the time, uh, unstoppably. And, and that is probably because that's what emotions are things outside of your control and that, that, uh, erase you and, and obsess you and control you. Uh-huh. It's, uh, Etc. Position, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I've always thought a lot about about feeling, feeling within people, feeling within art, feeling within between people. How it feels to be alive, and how often feeling does not match reality. Yesterday, I, me, and Brian had a argument that was about. Uh, how, uh, she, when, when she put the shoving away, she, she didn't put something in the right place. Uh, uh, but it wasn't really about that. It was about a totally different feeling. And as I was saying before, I have uh, a ritual and like all good rituals. And it started with, uh, someone making a film about their ex-girlfriend. Uh, the only response I could have within my mind to portrait of a lady on fire is, yep, 
uh, that's what it feels like to me. That is the film that is shows you best or what it feels like uh, to fall in love with someone, at least in my experience. And that has become my ritual because there, I, 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 as I become more attuned and more apart from my feelings, I become, I'm becoming more and more aware of things that are like, yeah, that's what it feels like. Possession. That's kind of what it feels like, you know, as much as it is Sam Neill breathing while Ajani is naked with the squid being, it's what it feels like in like. Yeah, and and see on Sono this relentless rush that that is self-contradictory where everyone is damaged. There are no heroes. Everyone is a monster. And it is just that some have been made into monsters by the terrible world we live in, mm. uh, and, and some other monsters that make this world terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coldfish is about two men, one who kills, and uh, the person who he makes kill, and how they are different, and how, spoiler for every Sono film I like, they are the same. And the thing that lands for me on Sono is that it's the biggest, that's what it feels like. Yeah. We are, we are trapped in like, as much as I want to be absolutely, I understand the moral quote unquote woke. and, and, And to be clear, everything people deride as woke is good. I'm just, it's just the term. Um, uh, 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 um, pictures that like, man, I just wish I could you make these, but just without the bits that are porn. Could you, bud? But the thing is, a abrupt, false, uh, uh enticing but empty sexuality uh, is a part of what life feels like which is not the same as me saying it's okay but like the and the thing that Sono always does the thing that that hooks me uh, that hooked me in Forest of Love and has stuck with me through almost all of his films, is that uh, he is so, he has given you the tropes uh, of of the vilest texts about women, and then at length through violence, both comic and horrific, like uh, uh, his work, uh, uh, his films uh, could sit beside the Evil Dead Two or a Serbian film 
in terms of some of their content. And he is so clearly, he works so hard and in a beautifully blunt, uh, like, metaphorically unliteral literal way, is like, fuck you. How dare you? This is great, but fuck you. Yeah. Um, and he got, and so he, so the game is that he, he'll make a film that we like, the logline is uh, a housewife is forced into sex work and her murder is being investigated to what happened. And you are ready for this film, which is guilty of romance. I'm describing <laughs> to come to, to come to a point of being like, oh yeah, you got, you got to see your fucking, you got to see her be fucked. You got to see her and chopped up. You got close ups of guts. Uh, you got hate and fear. You got to see a woman ground down into an object. Fuck you. And what guilty of romance is missing for me is the fuck you guilty of romance is, is my least favorite of his works. Uh, uh, partially because, uh, <laughs> it's like watching it right after Jean Delma. It's right, like, yeah. uh, why show us the sex scenes? Jean Delma just conclusively proved that the empirically correct way to make this story, because they're the same story. Um, yeah. they, 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 this is the, the best pitch you have made in a history of great pitches of pairings for this show. Congratulations, Finn. Thank I you. may finally be starting to respect you. <laughs> 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 not, but, not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> I mean, you showed me Forest of Love. You did this to me. No, you. I would. Anyway, uh, that's one hundred percent of jokers. Is is the thing I'm saying there? Um, and it is. I yeah. I, I like my vibe. I do not know the numbers on this. Is this his highest budget film? This feels like his glossiest film. I, yeah, I I have no idea i i would assume that the the, the thing that costs the most would be the amazon series but like eh, i don't bezos doesn't strike me as someone to chuck money at monstrous boondoggles <laughs> but i mean yeah the, 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 this is yeah the, 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 like yeah all the films this is like the yeah, as as you said, the, the, this is the like glossiest of his films. It is mostly shot at night and in in, in like part in like parts of Tokyo where there is just like neon everywhere. So it it, it yeah, so it it, it 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 like it has that kind of feel of like a a like sheen of gloss on everything, and it feels like a um a lot of it looks like how westerners shoot uh japan mm. uh, uh urban japan uh which is resolutely untrue of his, uh, his other films like mm. the like i'm i'm not you're the you're the sonophile you're sono the hedgehog this feels a, like this is apart from the rest of his like all of his other films feel much more of a piece that i've seen than this which is Tag anti porno, forest of love, 
uh, Suicide Club Love Exposure and Coldfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feel yeah, this feels like, um, who is it? Rainbow Rowell wrote a book about someone who writes fan fiction and then wrote the books that the character in her book was writing fan fiction about, but in the real world. Right. This feels to me like Sion Sono making one of the films that he subverts, that he watches and goes, I want to Sono this. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, there's still, there's still geysers of blood. There's still just, oh, just so many boobs. (laughs) There's like, I don't know. I think I've seen more nipples in Sono films than in my life. And I, and I want to be clear. I think I've seen the average amount of nipples. I think in the high hundreds, you know? How many nipples do you think you've seen? Oh, what? He's getting out a notebook that on the front says nipple checklist, (laughs) and it's just thousands and thousands of pages of of check marks on this index. He's going to a file called Nipple Log. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm I'm looking up most of most of Sonos films don't have listed budgets on on at least on Wikipedia. Uh, the, the like two do a uh, suicide club, which had a budget of like two hundred fifty thousand, and then why don't you play in hell, which had a budget of one point two million. And I, I guess that most of his films are like between those two. Yeah. Well, and, and I suspect that because a lot of his films are for the same companies, and he is working with a rolling company of actors and people behind yeah. the scenes, that it it would be entirely possible that he does not so much have budgets as a a team who work every day like it's a job moving from project to project. That is, like, to be clear, that's just a maybe. I have no Mm. evidence for that. What did you think of Guilty of Romance? So uh, this uh, this is my uh, second time seeing it. Uh, uh, this is my first time seeing the director's cut, I think. Oh, yes, yes. And I've only seen the director's cut. Can yeah. you tell me what yeah, was so, directed and what was cut? Uh, yeah, so Guilty of Romance follows uh, three women in Tokyo. The one that we spend the most time with is the character Izumi Kikuchi, played by Megumi Kigurazaka, who is uh, the, the wife of Sion Soto. Which uh, is like, like man, <laughs> it, that is, in this film, about a, a woman being stifled by her husband... Uh, uh, and, and driven, you know, by yeah. way of that, to depraved sexual act. Like, God, I hope he's not a bastard. Yeah, yeah. So she, she, she is in like most of his films in 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 the in the like last decade. She, 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 she has parts in Why Don't You Play in Hell, Coldfish, Guilty of Romance, The Mizu, The Whispering Star, Love and Peace, uh, Tokyo Vampire Hotel. The Land of Hope and the Virgin Psychics, uh, and yeah, yeah. So uh, she uh, she is uh, uh, she is a uh, she is a uh, newlywed. Uh, she's married to a famous author called Yukio Kikuchi, who's played by Kanji Suda, who is a great Japanese actor. 
also in Audition and Shin Godzilla and Hanabi and uh, Tokyo Sonata. Cool dude. Like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he is, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was another movie we covered where there was a similar thing where she is married to this guy. It is a very like, oh, right. No, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's like Gertrude where there is this poet, you know, who had, who writes these, who writes these, well, and, and here it's a novelist and Gertrude, it's a poet. The books that Yukio writes are essentially erotica and they are books that focus on like female desire and passion. And he often does public readings of, of, of his works, which draw like large crowds of women to see him like emphatically exclaim or, or be, be like great wonders of female sexuality. And then in, 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 in his home life. Uh, yeah, these- if Sono has a, a non violent uh, signature scene, it is a charismatic psychopath. Yeah. Uh, with a an audience in the palm of his hands. Yes. Um, like, do they all, like, Antiporno is the only one that jumps to mind that does not contain that, and that's because, um, yeah, anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah and, and so he, 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 even though his, 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 his work as a writer is all about, is all about lust and desire and women, like, feeling and expressing their sexuality, the life at home between the two of them is, almost entirely chaste and is like bound up in, 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 in very traditional ideas of Japanese marriage. And this movie has a lot of the stuff from Jean Dielman, but done in montage rather than in painfully detailed five minute long static shots where, where, you know, there is this morning routine of every morning. She like takes his slippers from the front door and puts them behind and puts them like by the bed so that he can, when he wakes up, throw the covers off and turn his body around and the slippers are right where his feet would be. And when he leaves the house every morning, when he's finally all dressed, he like goes downstairs. She is standing near the door holding his briefcase and a shoehorn. He steps out of his slippers and steps down into the, into the place where they keep the shoes. She hands him the shoehorn. He puts his shoes on. Uh, she hands him a briefcase. He hands her back the shoehorn. And then he says, well, I'm off now. I mean, he walks out the door, leaving her for the entire day. And, and, yeah. and, and they've been married for like a couple of months now. And that is how every day goes in their life. He, 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 is, go- he is, he's treating her explicitly like a employee or maid. His yeah. establishing character beat is that we meet her. Uh, um, and then she goes home and makes uh, a cup of tea for her husband and gives it to him and he drinks it like a critic and is like, ah, you are getting better at this. Yeah. And when he says this, he is talking about, um, you are getting better at being my wife and not yes. making tea anyway. Yeah. And yeah. And, and he, 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 he is a like very exacting man and, and using his, and like uses his, exactingness and his desire for like for routine and specificity to control and browbeat her like if, if she gets for like if she like buys the wrong soap and it's the store-bought japanese soap instead of especially imported french soap that he likes yeah. he'll, he'll he'll like call her into the shower and tell and tell her off and like it, all, all 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 of that sort of stuff and it, it is like 
immediately setting up the, 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 the like repetition and the routine and the like grinding down of, of, of like a person's like soul that happens in those situations. So then the second woman in the film, uh, who, who is the first person we see in, in the director's cut, uh, uh, is the character, uh, uh, is the character of, uh, Kazuko Yoshida, played by Miki Mizuno, uh, who is a, uh, 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 who is a detective. And, uh, so the, 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 this film is taking place in, in, in two different temporalities. All, 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 all of the stuff, uh, all, all of the stuff with Izumi is taking place a couple of months before the stuff with Kazuko. And so the movie opens with, uh, the movie opens with Kazuko. Uh, she is uh, having sex in a love hotel, uh, uh, with, with, uh, with a man who, uh, we, uh, do not see, uh, for, for, for a while. She, she gets a phone call and is basically told, uh, hey, uh, we've, uh, we've discovered a body in the red light district. Uh, you've got to come down here and check it out. And she goes down and she finds, uh, what looks like two bodies, but are instead, uh, uh, one body, uh, that has been, uh, uh that has been, uh, bisected at the waist. And, uh, the, uh, top and bottom attached, uh, to, uh, uh, to the part, to the different parts of a mannequin. Um, Sono, uh, has a very distinct grammar when it comes to gore. As, as I've said, Evil Dead 2 to Serbian film or, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, heck, horrible gore of choice. Uh, uh, in, in Love Exposure, uh, uh, um, people get their penises cut off with scissors. Yeah, and the first time you see this happen, it is like a uh, yeah, explosion it, it, it is, in a paint factory. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is exactly the Evil Dead Two thing, where like the walls start explode, where, where like geysers of like blood start yeah. shooting out of a wall. It it is, um, if Monty Python, uh, ever were edgy enough to make a scene like this, they would make shoot it in exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, and, and there are times when he hones in on the tactility uh, of gore. Bones grinding in blenders or rattling as they burn. Uh, uh, reminders, uh, as Finn loves to be reminded, that we are all uh, meat. Yes, and, and he does that uh, to to shock you, and to to underline his points. Uh, and this is the first time, because uh, this body spread across two bodies, this body made into objects with objects, it is the first time I think I've seen him misjudge Gore. Because, like, and, like, that is not me saying he goes too far. Mm. He got, like, he goes fucking far. It is that he lingers on the phenomenology of the grotesqueness of this image. Feels, um, yeah, it feels pornographic. In a, in a way that he should subvert or be playing against. But in this case, he is just going like, this fucking sucks, eh? This woman's an ob... You know? Mm. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
and so, and the the and the international cut, not the director's cut, does not yeah. start with this. Uh, so the 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 the, the international cut, uh, I I cannot remember how it starts, but the, the like main difference is the, the, there is a lot less of the detective. So like so her. So we we, we so I, like I, the I, film doesn't have a tension like that's well, okay. Well, so I I I believe we 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 still I I I think it might still open with her at the Love Hotel having sex and then getting a call, and there is a lot of her still investigating the case. But the thing that it misses is her home life, where she she, she is like happily married with like her husband and they've got a daughter, but she is yeah. also involved in an affair with her with her brother-in-law. Well, yeah. a, a very like do, like a, a very like dominant submissive, uh, uh, a, a very dominant submissive relationship where her brother-in-law believes that he owns her and takes any opportunity he, he can to degrade her and like invade further into her home life and increase the chances of the two of them getting caught because he uh, doesn't respect her and like yeah. that is still there a bit in the director's cut. There are like five or six scenes of that. And then the like the the end of the movie has her uh ru- has her like running out in, into the street and chasing a garbage truck, which is a callback to a to a story that someone told earlier earlier in the film, and that uh, does not have an in, in, international cut. What that is, yeah, because the in the credits like yeah. what the credits roll over is her chasing this truck. With her bag of rubbish, and it's always slightly out, uh, slightly out of distance, but she keeps going because she could almost quite just do yeah. it until she is ages away from her house, sweaty and out of breath, with a bag of garbage, um, outside. Uh, 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 yeah, and she is she has run all the way to the red light district, and she is outside of this rundown, like dil- dilapidated apartment block where. The body was found at the beginning of the film. Yeah, and it, it is. Oh, that was just my favorite bit. Like that is, I am because that that ending uh, of like, yeah, that this film that is about a woman solving a crime because mm. uh, uh, she works it out. She works out who did it. Um, gets a confession, but then. She's still got to be the one chasing the 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 um uh, uh the rubbish van, yeah. even when her healthy husband is right there and could just do it. Yeah, but of course he would. Of course he won't, because. And I think I'm the first. It's certainly the first time in this conversation it's come up. Uh, I think Sion Sono uh, hates men. I I think that's definitely possible. Yeah. And I want to be clear, when I say he's right, I'm I'm joking and I mean it, the way he is. Yeah, the, the way that Valerie Solanas meets it. Yeah. Um, and I want to be clear, Euthydean, n- n- New Zealand playwright, and, oh, talker. Sion Sono, one of the most prolific and visionary directors, 
in Valerie Solanus, an immense cultural figure, we are not all equal. They are far beneath me. Um, they're about ants to me. Anyway. Um, yeah, you're, and, you're looking down from the Ferris wheel. Thinking. Yeah. If, if one of those little ants stop moving, yeah. would anyone really care? Um, well, and like... Anyway, and that's why you teamed up with Lou Reed to kill Valerie Solanus. I mean, me and Lou um, have like an ongoing collab. Who who is the third woman who is guilty of romance? The third woman is Mitsuko Ozawa, played by Makoto Togashi. She is a, a sex worker who uh, walks the red light district in Tokyo and eventually uh, meets Izumi and sort of uh, takes her under her by accident. Seemingly, yeah. uh, it was just a coincidence because yeah. while while Izumi is at her job, which is uh, trying to get people to try sausages in a shop. Just by yelling, sausages, would you like, sausage, mm. oh, yeah. yum, sausages. Yeah, after a few scenes that, that like, set up the crushing mundanity of Azumi's uh, home life, she tells her husband that she wants to get a job, so she has something to do during the day, and, yeah, she, she, she gets a job at a supermarket being one of those people who, being one of those people who gives out samples. And yeah, uh, she, she was she's, looking for a job, and now she found a job, and heaven knows she's miserable now. Yeah. And, uh, well, uh, uh, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, she, 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 she is that, not very- That Marcy mm. never misses. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she, she, she is, uh, bad at the job initially. Uh, uh, then on, on, uh, on, like, first or second day of a job, uh, she is approached by a woman who, uh, tells her, Hey, you're, uh, like, you're so beautiful. What are you doing here? Have you ever thought about doing modeling? You, you could come do some modeling for us. We, we could do a new lunch break. And she gets Azumi to come and do some modeling. And uh, the uh, first thing that uh, you notice when Azumi enters the modeling studio is throughout her meeting with this woman and, and the, the, the like, whole pitch of it is, you know, it's about, like, celebrating feminine beauty. It's about empowerment. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll love it, you have a great time, and then uh, she shows up, and uh, it's, it's, it's just men. There's a, uh, there a female makeup artist, there is a female, uh, uh, there is a uh, female uh, uh, wardrobe person, but the camera operator, the lighting guys, the sound guys, every, everyone, it is just a bunch of men staring at her. Yeah. And uh, so she, she does, like, she, 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 like, does a short modeling shoot in what starts off as like some fairly conservative outfits, which get more and more risque as, as she is like talked, as she is talked into it. Uh, I mean, uh, the shoot ends with, uh, uh, with, with, uh, them saying on oh, now, now, now let's just do like a quick video. And, uh, uh and a, a guy uh, jumps on top of her and, uh, uh, and, uh, and assault her essentially. Uh, well, 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 and it's uh, not uh, particularly fun. It's a it's a, a pretty upsetting scene. Uh, yeah, and it is a kind of scene that that rhymes and echoes through Sono's work. Yeah, and, and the reason I uh, uh, stressed 
the difference of Guilty of Romance's aesthetic from what is my experience of his work, which is not even a quarter of his output. <laughs> no. And like, I'm I'm aware I'm sounding down on the dude. This is the one I've seen I don't like. Yeah. And the reason I don't like it is because everything he's trying to do in it, he nails in all of his other films. Right, yeah. This is, this is anyway, um, but it, I think it is, you know, this is not a, a hit piece. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but his, he, he, his, 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 his films are very specifically, uh, um, a part of, a, a, a very, uh, a, a great aesthetic shift uh, and acceptance within um, uh, uh, Asian uh, cinema. Uh, uh, and, and to be clear, my use of the, ta- the term is broad deliberately. It's, yeah. it's the West who aren't really doing this, who aren't really glomming on as much, which is um, <clears throat> accepting that, that uh, uh, film, as in celluloid, and video, as in images that are captured on a sensor to uh, an an SSD, um, uh, have innately different aesthetics. Yep. They are different ways of recording light. They have, and there are ways to make them look like each other. Uh, and like, how many millions of dollars have been spent trying to make video look like? film you know mm-hmm. uh, 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 a whole there are people who you know whose whole lives have been have been spent on that and like i i get it um but but sono the bulk of his work it is a unique and arresting aesthetic as cinematic as Night of the Hunter, or um, in the mood for love, Speed Racer, or fucking um, Caligari, you know. Um, and this guilty of romance by being slicker, which is to say more filmic, which is to say higher contrast, uh, takes this occurrence of this scene, the woman who is overwhelmed. And assaulted, and, and when you see it in in Sono video, Sono vision, um, the relentless detail makes it sickening. The artificiality of it um, makes the assault uh, impossible to read as an invitation for arousal. But now that he is shooting that same kind of scene in the way that all Westerners do, shoot Tokyo or or shoot porn, it it he's losing irony. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It 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 feels like the film is potentially allowing, um audience members to enjoy this moment in a way that his other films don't. I mean, I, not- I, 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 I think the, the, the idea of him shooting like a, a rape scene in the way that people shoot porn is like pretty, it's like a pretty deliberate stylistic choice to, to, 
to, to make it to yeah. it is like this film is an indictment on many things. Oh, and oh yeah, the, yeah. And, and one of those things that is indicting is is the porn industry. Oh yeah, absolutely. But also, uh, that is what anti-porno is. Yeah, and uh, 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 and that does that in a way. I just like to be blunt uh, in a way that may kill the vibe, and I apologize. Like, my thought on watching this scene of, of horrific sexual violence that I do not think th- 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 anyone with creative intent behind this work endorses is I'm like, oh, man, people are going to jerk it to this, <laughs> and it, which is n- not our rule of, like, uh, you should never know when a director is jerking into his film because uh, I do not believe so. No, do you? Do you under? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And 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 to be clear, that's my issue with the whole film writ large. Right. Um. And, and like and like the fact that it is, you know, she gets drawn into the world of sex work. First, non-consensually, uh, and then it. Uh, then, when she demonstrates skill, she rises up the totem pole, starts to shit on people around her until she realizes that a fundamental element of her life uh, has been a lie, which is um, a good enough twist that I don't want us to spoil it. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a good twist. Yeah, yeah. This is like I'm not going to get to the end of this and say it's shite. Mm. I'm just going to say. Um, it is the closest to shite of a, a Sono I've seen. Right, um, yeah. uh, Which is, uh, uh, and uh, her life is turned upside down and it ends in mania, death, and destruction. Yes. Um, in a way that all Sono films do, uh, uh, and which makes them sound much more... Um, repetitive than they are like the yeah. fucked up thing about seeing cold fish after the forest of love is that like they kind of you know, he like made the same film twice film both films about a charismatic serial killer called Mirata who, who brings into his orbit women called Bitsko and Tycho and they're, 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 they're based both, on true crimes yeah based on true crimes but, but both involve uh, extended multiple extended scenes of cutting up and disposing of corpses and, and they are incre- like they're real different films. Mm. They they God we I'm just hearing us and I'm like we're just two white men. It is quarter to one on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> on a Friday. We are, uh, over four hours into this now. Yeah. Finn is wearing a homemade t shirt for the band Minor Threat. Yeah. And I am wearing a uh, homemade T-shirt for the Neon Genesis Evangelion th- uh, um, concept of the absolute terror field. Um, I'm, we- I'm wearing my homemade Minor Fret T-shirt that I made for my Green Room Halloween costume last year. <laughs> and like... Uh, uh, a, a Halloween <laughs> costume that uh, I... Uh, 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 that I uh, uh, actually almost uh, lost my arm for because uh, I covered it in so much duct tape and left it on for so long that I uh, cut off the circulation of my hand. 
if I've heard that story maybe three or four times, and this is not me complaining, <laughs> but every time I hear it like it's the first time, yeah, and I think but my 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 friends at my friends at the party, someone like touched my hand and like. Often, uh, there's no heat in your hand. It is uh, very, very cold. You should do like this. Seems like an issue now. And I was like, "No, I'll, I'll be, I'll be actually fine because this. Co- I spend a lot of time this on this costume, and I want to keep it on for as long as possible." But, um, okay, I don't know when. Hey, listeners, as you can tell. There isn't a way to talk about works as singular as Dillman and romance, comma, guilty of. Um, and, and so I don't know what the last thing you heard us say was. It's definitely not the last thing we said. No. But I don't know if it was half an hour ago. I don't know where we went. And that, I genuinely mean this, I want to make clear is the best way to discuss a sono work. Yeah, yeah. And the best way. And like this sense of lost time I'm having within this conversation. Do you share it a bit, Finn? Yeah. Yeah. Um it is the only if I we were not feeling that in a conversation about Jean Dillman, we would not be doing a good job. Uh uh I do not know where we left you, but I want you to rejoin uh uh with 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 this. The passing of time and all of its crimes is making me sad again. Uh, which is uh, um, a uh, the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis for every Sion Sono film. Uh, it is also um, a, a lyric by Morrissey, who is uh, uh, an artist who I, I really thought uh, was was against, was subverting uh, uh, the things he espoused until he made it clear he was not. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Louis C.K. or um, like we should have known when a um, nearly a chapter of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is dedicated to Harry harmlessly using a... uh, No, it is the Goblet of Fire, I'm sorry. Harmlessly using... um, Using... Harmlessly using a bathroom only to be interrupted by a hysterical white woman who is already dead. Um, I I feel like we could have seen a lot of the future coming. We should trust what people tell us. And, and, And this is... Um, the thing I want to say about Sono, because the thing, the dis, because his works are almost universal, even if they have central characters, 
uh, that central character will be absent from large chunks of the film. He makes sure, yeah. ensemble works, uh, um, uh, and, and uh, he makes works uh, that revolve and evolve. He presents us with varieties of people, all broken in different ways, which is a contradiction of ter- in terms. Saying the word people carries the implication of broken, uh, which is what it feels like. And um, the decision we make as audience members, as he does these stories that contain pornography and then tell us, and then tells us off for it, is that we have to decide whose side he is on. To quote Marky Smith, you have to decide which side you are on. Uh, uh, well, it's in the Inspiral Carpet song, but any hoops. As obvious as it is to me, I, I believe to you, Finn, that Sono, when we hit these moments where the women who have been objects say that they hate men and that men harm them, when when they build two points about, you know, guilty of romance, again, without wanting to spoil the ending, because if it sounds like something you dig, you'd check it out. And it, like, it is an ending that lands by surprise. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just do want to say about, about Guilty of Romance. I, I like this film a lot. Uh, there is one character um, uh, uh, called a, 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 a character called Kaoru, played by Ryuju Kobayashi, uh, who, is a, um, who is a pimp in a uh, bowler hat and a trench coat who throws balloons full of pink paint at people, is uh, one of the most irritating and pointless characters in any movie, and I hate him a lot. And uh, I don't find him interesting or compelling in any way. I assumed it was a parody of something I don't know. Like, yeah, I think-, I, I, th- I think that is very likely. And if you don't know what it's parodying, it's yeah. just an incredibly irritating character who's also a rapist and is in like five scenes and sucks in all of them. Yeah, and it, or it's like a pun or the like, uh, yeah, I'm, and he's still, yeah. And the thing is, is like, yeah, with the exception of Guilty of Romance, um, the the final movement of uh, Sono's um, ritual that he repeats in the same form in many different forms across many films is the women who are objects facing uh, men and being like, you could simply not have done this. You could have released yourself. You, like, this is your fault. And I, like, many different iterations of that. It's not literally a ritual. Um... Like that's the gesture they tend to end with, even if it is sometimes directly to the audience. And a big step we make would just say you and I, and like we are not the only two people who think this about Sono. It's not you know we are not you know we're not looking at Lenny Riefenstahl and saying like did you know this is this is. Secretly allied propaganda, you know, like, this is not, 
um, but is that we are choosing to buy that that is him putting the moral in the film, joking but being serious. Yeah. But uh, I have been to many open mic nights, and you have been to many open mic nights. Many more, even. What would you say is... So we have seen many, I was going to say people, but why be needlessly ambiguous, men uh, uh, go onto stages that have been built for men to say things to adoring crowds, as Sono does so many times, and they go out there and they say, uh, they express uh, their blinkered prejudice. Sometimes you're lucky enough that they have internalized uh, that, that there is an inherent tension release structure to jokes. Uh, and sim- sometimes they're just simply, you know, enjoying a nugget. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a great diversity to the to the um, hate speech well, we have seen performed, but there is a uniting factor. Finn, do you know what it is? Uh, do you know why? I, no, like, no, not that. I'm wondering if you've noticed what I've noticed. There's not a right answer. If we, yeah, this, this isn't a, t- a test. I phrased that badly. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I'm not sure I can think of anything specific. The The thing that they all do, at least to my memory, is that they make sure to point out that they know they shouldn't be saying this, that they know it's wrong and that it's controversial Mm. and that it's edgy. And they say that as both a joke and as an excuse. Yeah. And the choice we are making when we look at Sono's work, when we plug in our Sion Sona soundbar, um, is that we th- that when he ends, when he has the victims of men who have been under his so male gaze, like, like you guys. We've talked about how many nipples we've seen, unless I cut that bit. Um, and, and we look at that moment and we go, this is a joke, but he means it seriously. But that is because when we joke, we mean it seriously a lot of the time. It is entirely possible that Sono could be putting those things there the way that those comedians uh, say they know they shouldn't. And again, I want to stress that I don't, I, he, uh, he does it so much and he does it so well. Like Andy Borno is so fucking good. Yeah. But this guy makes electric films. Uh, and electricity makes you feel alive, 
And man, if they sound like your thing, or even maybe a little not your thing, but like you can deal with extreme cinema, um, check them out. Uh, like, electricity kills people. <laughs> and, and so also be careful. Like, as much as I have joked about watching John Dilmer and then the trilogy of hate in 36 Hours Messing Me Up, it has a bit. Uh, and yeah, like, like, I am that, going- that, 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 because that is what all those films are designed to do. Yeah. And, but not together. <laughs> oh, no. You know? Uh, no, um, there, there's a very good reason why, uh, why, uh, these films were all, uh, uh, were, uh, written, uh, directed and, uh, released, uh, like, uh, 40 years apart. So, to, to, oh, to, right, to, including yeah. Jean Dillard. Yeah, including Jean Dillard. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, uh, like, like, absolutely. And that, no, that is, uh, uh, Oh, God, I feel like I'm being such a bummer, but I just think it is the thing with with as much as, man, this is where we last left off, as much as we are two guys in a minor threat in an Evangelion T-shirt right. yeah. talking about how uh, actually this Japanese porn is really intellectual <laughs> and playing with it um, like we do, and they're... We are discerning, yeah. you know, and I hope we are not wrong because I would hate to lose Sono yeah. as a star in the Same. constellation of film I love. Check out Guilty of Romance. I think Guilty of Romance would be a really good entry point. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it was my second Sono after seeing yeah. The Forest of Love. Uh, and and or, or like Cold Fish. And that they're both, uh, you know, only two and a half hours. Yeah. And they both have recognizable structures. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and see where you go, because, like, this guy does special shit. He does special shit that is as special as the euphorious, like, synthesis that Ackerman hits in Dillman. Um, but like, be but like, we have to be careful. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, and and like the 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 entire point of of Sion Sono of, of his whole career is to make films that like is to make films that like challenge and engage you and uh and like make you have to reckon with shit and yeah. uh, like yeah yeah like. There, there, there is no way that he doesn't want you to reckon with like, like what he like what he stands for, and and what and what and what his and like what his views are. Like he he like like he he he, 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 he is a filmmaker who is all about the 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 the, the tearing down of structures of power and 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 like and 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 the and the, and the destruction of institutions and. He 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 is a director. He he is an institution. He is a structure of power, and yeah. he 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 is like he 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 is someone who we have to think about like 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 what role he has in 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 you know in in like what 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 role his 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 stories have in the upholding or the tearing down of of. Patriarchy and rap culture and 
and and and and all the other things that he 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 discusses in in, in his films. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Guilty of Romance is my least favorite of his films, but it's still sound. Yeah. Um. It. It. it but it is sound in context of where it sits in his body of work. Yeah. Um. I think if this was the only one of his films, I would. I would struggle a lot more with that. In a way that, like, I think every other one of his films that I've seen is 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 just self-evident like you know you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you, it's not um yeah, uh, I, I i i pretty much agree i i, I think it sounds this is like lower in sonar for me uh i i i the 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 ones that i like less than this are suicide club and uh are suicide club and uh are suicide club and and noriko's dinner table which like all, all, all three of them, I, I have about the same, but but like, but like the 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 but like but but Suicide Club and uh, but but Suicide Club and and Nuriko's Dinner Table, I think j- just feel slightly like shaggier and less well put together than 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 the stuffs, which, well, which is why it's about and, them. And they are his first and third features, right? Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, it's it's sort of hard to tell what counts as his, as his first feature. Uh, yeah. I think Suicide Club was like his first professional feature. Well, like and and like in the way that that Shaun of the Dead, like it is, um, is Ed Wright's first feature. Even though yeah. a fi- a fistful of fingers exists, it's just it doesn't yeah. like it. You know. Um, where does it? Where does the trilogy of hate? Because I've ranked all three say on your list. Oh, uh, all, all on the side and sound list. Oh yeah, uh, I put all three in. You don't need to. I'm right. Uh, 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 I'm. I'm. I. I. I just. I considered them. I did them as work. So hmm. I'm. I'm putting them in my log of work. Right. Um, yeah. But it is fine. Where did you put guilt? It's fine. Uh, if you I, just- yeah. I. I have. A, uh, I have a guilty at romance. Uh, I have a Guilty of Romance at number 63 in between Marie Antoinette and Saint Soleil. Uh, if, if I had a cold fish and a love exposure on me, a cold fish would probably be in the mid 40s. Love exposure would probably be in the like in the in the like uh, like 41, 42 kind of range. Um, yeah, uh, Guilty of Romance is uh, um, for me is at number 83. Uh, uh, between David Lynch's Dune and Rocky Five, and, and like those three are the beginning on this list of like th- that. From there on up, are the ones you should actually watch. Mm. I know, I know, eighty three sounds low, but like that is good. I'm hitting that is that's a four star film. I just love, you know. Uh, 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 um, uh, I struggle with it, but but it is it is a while. And then at number fifty seven, I have Big Trouble in Little China at fifty eight. I have Cold Fish at fifty nine. I have Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning at sixty. I have Love Exposure, and at sixty one, I have Casablanca. And um, that that's what happens when you dedicate yourself to 
uh, film podcast that's an increasing set of of bets <laughs> and dares. You look at that list and go like, yeah, that that makes sense as the median of films I've watched uh, in in this uh, course of both mind expansion and self-destruction when while I have been both Dealerman and Sonode. Uh, Finn. Yes. I are. know we both like this film. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm beginning to think we might be the only two people out there yeah, who see positivity um, um, or, or who'd be nice about it. It, 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 what, whoa, 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 buddy, buddy, once again, Henry, you know Henry, oh, yeah. letterboxed user, has gazumped us to an opinion. He's got a five-star review of Guilty of Romance here. He's oh, 93 yeah. out of 100. Uh, yeah, a bit much. Uh, you gave it three and a half stars. I think that is fair if I gave out stars. Uh, uh, I gave Coldfish a heart. I did not give uh, this a heart. And I just, I genuinely, I really... Love Exposure is absolutely a film, but beyond that, I do not know any, really anything else about it that I can be sure of mm. in a way that is, it's like, you know, uh, those things you get in like art shops or like magic shops that are like fluoro slugs covered in like plastic yeah. you can't, that always slip out of your hands. That's what Love Exposure is. <laughs> To um, knowing value to my critical faculties, <clears throat> but Henry uh, always beaten us. Uh, uh, writes this on the subject of uh, Sion Sono's um, uh, uh, film, Guilty of Romance. Steeped in cynicism, uncompromising, and fiercely original. Semicolon. Holy shit. I feel so inadequate. <laughs> Semicolon. Sion Sono Cinema can be accredited by the aforementioned adjectives. Okay, no, I, I feel much better than this guy. I'd never write something that clumsy. <clears throat> Even though justifying his holy shit, I'm just going to read this whole sentence again. Okay. This is the first sentence of yeah. a review of a film that is... That I, where I would say 30% of the scenes, like if you went by like numbered scenes in the script, have a uh, sex act performed in them. Sure, yeah. Right? Like that seemed like yeah, I, don't, yeah. I didn't do the numbers, but that seems right. <clears throat> Steeped in cynicism, uncompromising, and fiercely original, Sion, Sonomo, Sion Sono's cinema can be accredited by the aforementioned adjectives, even though justifying his abstruse philosophical quest with words itself is an exercise in vanity. How could he have written another sentence when he has already sucked his own dick off? <laughs> that point in the review. Guilty of Romance is the embodiment of subversive filmmaking, a neon-lit madness rummaging through the rain-swept 
alleyways of Tokyo, unearthing the bestiality and masochism underneath, started as a hyper-stylized, lurid, sickening murder mystery surrounding two severed female corpses, Sono's Endeavor, rises above the cause of storytelling and traps you inside its inescapable transgressive maze. Oh god, there's a... Oh fuck, I thought it was just two. I just saw there's a third paragraph. Guilty of Romance chronicles the self-actualization of three women psychologically related by promiscuity. Did this guy, is this guy like laundering syllables? Is this a criminal operation on words? Could you you, you say that one again? I I, I think I missed part of that sentence. Um, Guilty of Romance, uh, that's the title of the film. Mm -hmm. Chronicles, uh, that's a fancy way of saying relates. Mm -hmm. The self-actualization, which is um, in in this place, uh, 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 okay, Guilty of, um, I'm going to tell you a sentence. Okay. Uh, Guilty of Romance tells the parallel stories of three women, all with different relationships to their sexuality. Mm. Is that an accurate assessment of Guilty of Romance? Yeah. But it's not fancy enough, right? I don't sound smart enough. So what if I put it this way? Guilty of Romance chronicles the self-actualization of three women psychologically related by promiscuity. Izumi Kikuchi, sorry, Izumi Kikuchi, a housewife with a stamp of subservience, falls prey to the world of pornography and eventual prostitution. Mitsuko, the mentor of Izumi and also a professor preaching for the women to take back their sexual power from the men who've robbed them of those pleasures, and Detective Yoshida, a victim of female repression, and on we seek solace and secret inside Tokyo's lover hotels. But over the course of time, hell breaks loose and the visually extravagant drama with a motley, oh my God, uh, of compelling characters transforms into a psychosexual nightmare. Uh, Converging into the grisly murder that has shaken the hell-bent metropolis to the core. Buddy. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with describing a movie as a psychosexual nightmare, but you've got to be uh, a really good writer to be able to, to be allowed to pull that off, because it is uh, so uh, hack at this point. You, 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 you've got to, like, you, you've, you've got to really know your stuff to be able to drop a psychosexual nightmare in there. Um, the thing I would stress is that this man has taken uh, two paragraphs. I mean, I'm presuming that Henry um, is a man. Um, but no, anyway, uh, Henry, um, just don't assume gender. You Just be a good human. It's what you wrote about the TARDIS. Why not apply it to a person you're cyberbullying? Um, uh Henry has taken two paragraphs and like an Uncle Scrooge vault's worth of $10 words 
where 50 cent ones would fit yeah to say this is a Sion Sono film it is set at night it has bright colors it is about three women and um shit gets bad and it's sexual and like the that there his reading it's not wrong but yeah. it is the immediate shallow reading and that he has um immediately the the the, the performance of intellect yeah using these words like that the pain of psychosexual is that i cannot really think of a time where i've heard psychosexual where you can just say sexual yeah or like erotic <laughs> um it this is about um a man obsessed with appearance uh uh, uh anyway the i okay the the altering palette of stimulating and toned down colors has also contributed to cement the emotional contrast in Guilty of Romance. The interiors of Azumi's house have been dyed mostly in subdued and dreary colors. Um, okay. I feel like maybe this is not their first language. Yeah, now I, think I feel that's possible. Can I just say, I feel immediately terrible <laughs> and I, I I okay I'm pardon like behind the scenes me going hard against this review is a structural game because Henry fucking redeems themselves with their top four right. like like uh, uh, Henry may not write to our taste but he gets this film god so yeah, wait, am I just learning for as I do every day that it's better to be nice? Oh, that's more fun to be mean to people though. But it always ends up hurting. <laughs> and being nice has never hurt me. Oh, it's probably hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, welcome back, audience. Um, I do. Uh, I am laughing. I cannot tell you why. Um, but I just want you to know that the moment of emotional catharsis you've you've missed within the uh, bizarre, but I think crunchy and unique, not as a synonym for bad, a uh, structure of this episode, which may run anything from 20 minutes to an unedited by uh, uh, 5 hours, 10 minutes, 53 <laughs> seconds now. Uh, um, when I said now, that's when we had it in, in the recording on my end, at least. Um, uh, uh, is is I, I <clears throat> by cyberbullying uh, Henry about, uh, for... Uh, liking a film we also like, but uh, using words we don't approve of. Um, I, I was I was facing um, that maybe the the darkness I sometimes bring to this show can overwhelm it. And, and Finn and I cannot give details on this genuinely. Uh, then um, 
did something, said some things that both reminded me why um, I love him and his work, (laughs) but also reminded me that no matter how broken I may think I am and how infinite the darkness at the center of me is, some infinite, to quote John Green, some infinities are bigger than other infinities, and the darkness in Finn <laughs> um, is what, like, imagine, like, you know how there's infinity, right? Sure. Imagine, yeah. like, like, double infinity. Whoa. And, li- and, like, and not like times two, like, like we're cubing it. It's an order of magnitude. And that's what Finn gave me. And so I now genuinely um, uh, feel less alone. Now, uh, so let's get back to cyberbullying. This person uh, uh, writing in what we think is not their native language and doing quite a good job of it. <clears throat> the red light district is always brimming with bright red or green bearing an intense sense of liberation, and then there's the occasional burst of blinding pink that causes a sensory overload. Sono's nightmarish rendition of female sexuality is crafted from the same fabric of the patriarchal social order in Japan and guilty of romance, reflects his disgust and anguish over the cruel reality. Yeah. Yeah. Just calm down a bit. Like, yeah. Um, trust that your ideas show that you're smart, not not the words you use. And I understand that when you're starting as a writer, it is very easy to look at the people you consider smart and to focus on the words they use and not what they're doing with them. Yeah, I, I remember like when I was like in early high school, I was uh, like. I was like a YouTube atheist and I'd get into arguments with Christians over comment sections and stuff. And I went through like a several years long, like good sir writing phase where, where, where everything, where like everything was like, in, in, where everything was like overly large words, weirdly structured sentences, always addri- like all, all, always addressing people like very, very formally to, to like prove that I was smart. Uh, so do you want to guess uh, Henry's top four? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, one has been re-released in black and white, I believe. Uh, Parasite. No. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. No. I uh, I know you have seen this film, uh, and it is complicated to express why... Um, it is hard to know if you liked it or not. We watched it for the show. Okay. What sort of show? Was it a shite or a sound film? Shite. Uh, 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 okay, so it was a film on, on the shite list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film on the show has been re-released in black and white. Yeah. Well, and it's a re-release. A re-release that's been re-released in black and white. Uh, we watched it this year. 
So this year is Lunda Cardellini in it? Oh. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's not impossible. And no, let's look. Not in the top build list. We've got, um, no, um, yeah, maybe, maybe not, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it has a, uh, 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 top reviews from people I follow. The top is a classic David Sims, you telling me an X made this Y. Uh, uh, Cowboys and Aliens? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, like, yeah, no, I, I, I should, I should be able to get it from that. Uh, it's an academy ratio. Maybe it's because it's two o'clock in the morning, but it is not coming to me at all. Um. Okay. So obviously, um, uh, uh, the 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 red and the blue team. At the five-minute mark uh, 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 of the final battle in Tenant, uh, double blowing up forwards and backwards, mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, that building is uh, the most exciting integration of time travel into a superhero spectacle. But this is number two. Slumdog Millionaire. What, what movie's been... Re-released in black and white. One movie has been re-released due to fan demand, and then that re-release was released in black and white. It famously doesn't feature a moustache. Oh, fuck, right. Jesus Christ, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Uh, ding. Uh, next is a Michael Haneke film. Uh... Is it an obvious one or a not obvious one? I'd call it an obvious one. Uh, funny Games. Ding! Which Funny Games did you mean? Uh, the American Funny Games. Oh, dong. Yeah, okay. It's the other <laughs> Funny Games. again. Yeah, ding. Uh, the next is a... Uh, um, I mean, it's a Gaspar Noe film. <laughs> Uh, but it's probably his best. Uh, is it the one yeah. you like with the voguing? Climax? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes it is. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, um, uh, that's your clue. Uh-huh. Uh, uh. Look, think about the list as it exi- as we know it is. Mm. Zack Snyder's Justice League, Climax, yeah. Funny Games. I told you, Henry, I was given them a redemption arc. They they have pulled something out of the hat here that makes us immediately trust their opinion. Uh huh. Oh, is, is it is it Tenet? Uh, oh, I thought you were secretly doing the hand thing. Oh no, 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 no! I, I'm sorry. No, no, no! It is, it is, it's uh, uh huh. 
Aha. Uh-huh. That's the clue. Possession. Yep. Uh-huh. Right. It's possession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was torturous. Um, thin, Finland Nicholas Lynn. Yes. I haven't called you that in a long time. Yes. <laughs> I was like, do I got an Alec Guinness in me? And, like, the answer was no. But not as strong as you'd think. <laughs> not a strong no. Um, uh, Finn, riddle me this. Yeah. What are we watching next week? Uh, well, Edward, uh, next week we're watching Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Whoa! And with, and with that we are watching Brian De Palma's Dressed to, Ki- Dressed to Kill. I mean, if you, if you want to find a trashy version of Alfred Hitchcock, who better than Brian De Palma doing his do, do, doing his incredibly trashy riff on Psycho? Finn, yes. if there's anything uh, that you and I, two proudly cis men, <laughs> are, are ready and able to do, it is to navigate and unpack the mildly and incredibly treacherous, respectively, waters of psycho and <laughs> to kill. Uh, yep. Finn, where can people find you online? Uh, who gives a shit? But you can find the show on, uh, you can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. I f- hope that it comes across... Uh, uh, from whatever the five and a half hour recording um, uh, ends up being edited down to that other people's external validation of my work is a major part of how I give myself value. Yeah. Uh, and, And so if you would like to make my life better, why not follow me on social media? Oh God, that sort of feels like I'm I'm at Youth Lives on Twitter, where I do the Twitter things, bad jokes uh, and despair, uh, and Instagram, where I do the Instagram thing, uh, posting photos of my incredible, intelligent, hardworking girlfriend who I have somehow conned into a relationship because. I am what? That's right, empty inside. I'm the actual fraud. I mentioned this. I'm calling back to it so I don't cut it. And you can't, Finn. Any hoomst. Um, our theme song is The Nux. By Kazam Blam. You can check him out check on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Or in a good New Zealand film, Cousins. I'd say check it out in the cinema if I... Uh, was allowing myself to believe that there were people in New Zealand who were able to see films slash and that Cousins, you know, Cousins left cinema I'm months ago at this point. Um, and if you like the show, like, both why and, like, obviously, like... And thank you. And think no, but let's like liking this show is like is like Jean Dillman. Like, yeah, obviously. Mm. Like, where else are you gonna get this which is like 
good. <laughs> and us. So I like it. Uh, and see on Sono, where, where it's like, yeah, that's good. How? And thank you. Uh, oh, God. Hey, if you like the show, uh, I do. Even though maybe it doesn't sound like, the, like it this time. Please tell your friends. We're an acquired taste. It's great that way. It would be great if more people acquired it. Um, share it. Leave us a review. Uh, oh, if you think there's a particularly funny bit in this episode um, that, about rape and violence, why not uh, tweet it out with, with the hashtag... Um, uh, uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the hashtag... Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay, if, if, if you enjoy this, if you, if you, if you enjoy this, no, com- no, no, shut up, I'm no, no, I'll, I'll go on. No, okay. if, 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 if you enjoy this podcast episode about rape and violence, you should uh, tweet about it with the hashtag guilty of enjoying this great podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, or you, you, you tweet it with the, uh, the hashtag, um, at, or just tweet at, Tweeted us at um a shy and sound. <laughs> it is closing in on quarter past two in the morning. <laughs> no, no, I can do it. I got to um tweet it, tweet about it <laughs> using the hashtag um see <laughs> on so no. What a great podcast! Yeah. Oh, great. Woo, got it in one thing. Two great offers from both of us. This is what it must be like being on set with Will Ferrell and, oh, whatever woman is there, you know. Uh, I'm a Caddams type, you know. Yeah. Maybe Alison Brie in a role you, a few years later, you're like, oh, man, sad that she was in that and not in a good thing. Well, what are you specifically referring to? Uh, she, she, she was uh, she was in the Will Ferrell movie Get Hard. I the one where he's going to go to prison and Kevin Hart teaches him how to be in prison or something. Alison Brie plays his wife. I wish that that avalanche had killed him. <laughs> 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 I hope you saw the cartoonish amount of spit that just uh, shot like, out of my yes. Okay, good. Uh, well, I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> no, no, no. It was. I, my mouth was like uh, any part of someone's body in a Sion Sono film when it is pierced. <laughs> just an instant geyser of um, infinite fluid. <laughs> Um, I like I've been thinking about it and I think the way to be men is uh, to realise a fundamental truth and that is that movies are good even bad ones go Go watch them
description for the visually impaired forced on. And there is nothing that really... And so you, you, you close your eyes? <laughs> uh, I mean, no. Uh, I, I refuse to close my eyes because I'm not a coward. Um, <laughs> that's, that's when the enemies come. <laughs> <laughs> if I think about film last year... I mean, I think about loads of things. I think yeah. about, uh, you know... You think about Tenet. You think about Possessor. You think about I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, no. no I was, the bit I was going to do oh, right. was going to be... Uh, uh, so I'm not going to cut you. This is not yeah. me being like, I'm going to cut you. So I'll just... We'll just do... This is like bonus scene. Bonus. No, this is like in Wayne's World when they're like... They pause and they're doing alternate versions. Like... When I think about film last year, I think about, you know, there's an opera audience, they're waiting, and we're moving away from them, slow, but there's ominous, these rising strings, but within that, noises you can't quite understand, what are they, is it, is it backwards, is it, is it a voice as these doors slowly fall, and then we can't, there's a man watching through a mirror, and then we're back inside. The conductor settles down the tuning audience. He taps the, the screen, uh, the, the thing. But as he's about to do the third one, boom, he's, he's shot. And these terrorists ha- have run in and, and they are causing havoc. And one of them steps on a cello. And you're like, man... That's expensive. If I did that in a film, I wouldn't be able to afford anything else. Like, God, it would be so... Like, when you're doing a film, you only get to break one thing. And if it's going to be a cello, it's fine. But I'm not going to see a plane crash into a building. It's just... It's simply not going to happen. But anyway, I'll... I'll There are other moments I think of. uh, Like, I think about running into a door, and there's a man there, and he looks startled, and he goes to speak, and I say... You, 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 no, you've been made. made. <laughs> the, 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 the siege was a cover. The, the, the siege was a blind to banish you. Fuck, Finn. I, I do. I love how you see film, but that's not how I see it. Because that comes later. All the right. The important part for me is that, of course, I go in and I point at the man and I say we live in a twilight world and he goes what and I say we live in a twilight world and he takes a beat and, and says and there are no friends at dusk and then I say you've been made the siege is a blind to vanish you and he starts to panic and I point a gun at him and I say we've got two minutes either you leave or you die you're choosing <laughs> Can I tell you, uh, I did that earlier to Brian, <laughs> and it was the second most annoyed at me she was all day, because uh, I read her the whole of that Reddit comment. Um, <laughs> no, no, like, that's another one of those things that goes unsaid. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like... Of, of, of course you read, Brian, all of your angry Reddit comments. I genuine, like, I understand... That I'm not have it like 
for a variety. Do do, do, do you ever just think about, like, you spend a lot of time, like, pretending to be a monster to Briar. And and, I mean, like, when you're you're not pretending to be a monster to Briar, when you're, like, genuinely interacting with her, you're like, hey, listen to this 400-word Reddit comment I wrote to to tell a guy he's racist. Um, yeah, okay. (laughs) We've hit me feeling genuine (laughs) anger. And now we're just talking about my deep, my deepest fears, like the the things I fear are true about myself. You know, like the ones that sit there alongside of like the fact that I genuinely, at the center of myself, know I am a fraud. People have fucking imposter syndrome. I know you do, but I have Finn. I've fucking seen you do unique, interesting comedy that only comes from your voice. You look at the world in a specific way. Finn, if you cut into me, (laughs) there's nothing. All I do is take. And I don't do anything with it. I just steal shit. Other people's thoughts, ways of speaking, ideas. And, And then... When the moment comes with someone else to the most advantageous thing, I put it back out there. And then, like, yeah. Okay, cool. So, mm-hmm. what, next, I, I guess I'll have to have a moment of pure, unadulterated joy and become the villain of season three of Buffy, I guess? That's <laughs> it. Season two. Who's the I thought. Oh, Spike and Drusilla are the villains of the big bad of the first half of two. Yeah. And the, the, the sweeps episode uh, is when uh, Buffy uh, bones, bones, buff, bone boy. God. Yeah. I just got to say, you talking about like that, that like, do I fear I am the monster I pretend to be thing. To quote John... Daniels of the Mountain Goats in in Deluded. A delicate balance has shifted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, reception's gone fuzzy. 